Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Sounds like you're asking me a question there, and I'm going to answer it on this episode or re-answer people's <laughs> questions. Beautiful. To listen to this show, find us on 4eyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we would like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, and Katie. And like you referenced there, Derek, this is uh, an AMA episode, an Ask Us Anything episode. Uh, you may have seen this on the main feed and scratched your head, especially if you saw that it was number 15. Um, that's because we recently rearranged some things. Uh, we did 14 AMAs over on our Patreon, if you were not aware. Um, and we recently decided we would move our AMAs to the main feed um, and kind of do them uh, just as we felt like they fit in or we needed a break or between things. Um, and we just finished up a uh, a series. We just finished covering uh, a series and we needed maybe a palate cleanser from uh, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it was quite mm, that was a season yeah. of TV that we yes. watched. <laughs> it was by definition a season and it was aired on TV. So, yeah, you are correct. <laughs> For better or worse. Uh, yes, <clears throat> anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so this was this, this kind of worked out perfectly because we kind of decided we would do this as we are now. Uh, and it turned out this was the perfect time to like, you know, reset. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So if this is your first time listening, you know, you can always send us questions at any point, anywhere. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. And then whenever we do another AMA, we'll have that in the bank to deploy. Uh, and we'll obviously, you know, we'll make call outs and stuff when they're coming up as well. So you'll if if you're listening and you're like i want to be part of that um you can be we would love to have questions yeah. from you so yeah <laughs> yeah and if you want to check out the the old amas uh or the previous amas i should say since one of them was like literally a month ago it's not exactly old um you can listen to those on patreon they should all be unlocked that's just mm-hmm. where the home is for those archived amas um and you can check out previous questions you can ask questions that expound on those you could just ask them again who knows i don't remember everything we've said so oh yeah absolutely we'll probably have Um, different answers (laughs) honestly honestly so uh, welcome to the amas uh or the ama episodes if you if this is your first yeah yeah we got a whole bunch of really fun ones and a pretty hefty like combination of different topics and stuff so this one's gonna be pretty wild i think yeah Uh, y'all really showed up for our first main feed ama yeah um i don't even know i still don't know what i'm gonna do with some of these so i don't either i didn't (laughs) prep for these ones like i don't have i don't have pre-prepared answers Mm -hmm. i looked at them but i didn't like write down answers no me either so a lot of this is going to be kind of on the fly which is usually more fun (laughs) so Mm -hmm. uh fun question mark more honest maybe it's probably the 
the real the yeah. really is <laughs> oh and if you're new to the amas they tend to be a little bit looser a little bit loosey-goosier uh so you know you might you might hear us uh um sewing and uh pondering a bit more than usual sure yeah well let's get to these questions let's do it some of these are going to be pretty hefty but we start we're going to start with some spider-man related ones obviously we're going to get spider-man related questions but we got some good ones um so the first one comes from fudgy one nick on discord um, this is a, a lengthy lead up, but I think the context is important for this question. Uh, mm-hmm. so they asked, this is digging deep, but would you guys consider covering old Spidey fan films in the future? I'm talking all the underground projects pre the Sony movies. There's a lot just resting on YouTube. The 1969 Donald Glut short, uh, or I think it's Donald Glute. I learned earlier that I've been pronouncing it wrong. Oh, forever. like Blum and Bloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 1969 Donald Glute short, uh, the 1980 student film. That's a live action version of the sixties cartoons by Jim Krieg, which we've mentioned before. Yeah. Um, and both of those guys are writers on assorted Spidey tunes, a uh, Spider-Man origin short from 1990 by Matthew Atherton, the 1992 green goblins last stand by Dan Poole, the 2002 attack of the octopus <gasps> by William Minsky. That sounds interesting. And even more besides those out there. It's a rabbit hole of Spidey history I enjoy. There's a lot of passion and fun strangeness to talk about in productions like that. I agree. And that actually, I don't know if I've ever, I feel like I've mentioned this to you before, Doug. That has been a thing like on my like wish list to do in some capacity somehow mm-hmm. in the future um, because there are a lot of them. And, and some, a couple of these that, that Nick listed, I really, I actually don't, aren't familiar with, but the ones that I am like have notoriety to them for like, you know, having been like low budget fan films that are still like pretty cool and interesting. Or in the case of like Don Glute and Jim Krieg, like have interesting connections, people who did eventually go on to work on Spider-Man. Um, so I, yeah, I would love to, to kind of cover them. I don't know exactly like what the best way for us to do it would be, but I, I fully intend to at some point somehow. Yeah. I mean, my short answer is like, yes, we would consider it. And also, yes, we have, because you have mentioned this to me before. And, uh, I think this would be the perfect type of thing to either do as, uh, like a special, like, uh, like I guess just fan films episode or to break into spider bite episodes or mm-hmm. uh, to do when we again, like need some sort of like change of pace or something. I think there's a number of ways we could do it. Um, I know I only know one of these, I think because I, th- I, I know the Jim Krieg one because we mentioned it, I think both when we were talking about Jim Krieg um, and when we talked about the sixties cartoon, yeah, uh, because it is, you know, it is a live action version of that show. And I'm certain we talked about it with Jim Krieg. So that, that mm-hmm. one I know very well. I've watched it a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. but the other ones I don't know, I'm very obviously unsurprisingly intrigued by attack of the octopus. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's a big yes for me. Just, we would have to figure out what, like how we want to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll figure that out. We'll do it at some point. It'll happen. Yeah. So the answer is yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Bo Harper sent us a really incredible email um, that uh, that I just uh, I started reading and saw how amazing it was, and then decided uh, to to read the rest of it live here just to see. Oh boy, just to see. Uh, but okay, so Bo says in honor of the restructuring of this being the last monthly AMA. That's true because the AMAs will be just kind of when we feel like doing them. Um, he says, uh, I first wanted to give you all a shout out about how cool you are. Oh, thank you. It's not true, uh, but thank you. 
<laughs> uh, Bull also says the last couple of years has been kind of hectic and crazy and walloping web snappers has been such a positive light during those times when things were hard and looking down, listening to y'all helped brighten up my day. And it wasn't because y'all said something super deep that got me. It's been more of the positive energy y'all bring and have such an entertaining show. That's both real and how y'all talk and view things, but also doesn't condemn anyone who might have a different opinion on the matter. Uh, that means a lot, Bo, because that's yeah. those are a lot of our goals right there. Um, so it's, it's nice to hear that that's coming through. Yeah. Um, he also says, y'all are two really cool people that make such a great show. And I swear, uh, Doug might be my spirit animal. Interesting. I didn't know this. Um, and I hope y'all continue the amazing, spectacular, and ultimate Spider-Man show. Um, he says, yeah. I hope I didn't babble on too much, uh, but I do have some questions too. Of course not, Bo. I mean, I did not babble on too much. That was, that was really nice. That was incredible. Yeah. I have like goosebumps. My heart is very full. Mm-hmm. Um, that means a lot to us uh, because we don't always necessarily know how folks feel about the show. Yeah. Um, we know folks are listening. So to get to get such an incredible bit of feedback really means a lot to us, Bo. So and is thank it you. kind of exactly what we're aiming for too. So that's really nice to hear. Yeah. That we're yeah. Nailing yeah. It, I mean, it you can like. just send us stuff. <laughs> like it can just be mail. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and and so it sounds much. like we're nailing it. So, yeah. Um, and also feel free to let me know how I am your spirit animal. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know, uh, uh, how, and I would love to, um, okay. <laughs> so he did have some questions <laughs> and he sent one, uh, kind of themed specifically for each one of us, but obviously we're welcome to chime in. So he says for Derek and Doug too, if he has any things, what are your thoughts on Smallville possibly getting an animated revival? And if it does, should they use some of the season 11 comic storylines or do something original? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have, I probably don't have very popular opinions about this. So, but I, I will, if, if it ever happens, I will be there and I'll watch it and I think it'll be fun and I might even enjoy it. Um, I do think it's kind of a, I don't think it's as high of a likelihood as like a lot of the internet has made it seem. Cause it's really mostly just been Tom Willing and Michael Rosenbaum just like being like, we have a cool idea and trying to get their friends involved. Like there's never been anything official that's actually been happening with it. I, I hope for their sake that it, somebody pays us for it and makes it happen. Um, and I feel like people would enjoy that if it happened, but I don't know if it actually will or not. Cause I don't know how much I don't, I, it, it very much seems like it's a pet project of like two dudes rather than like a thing that's a- actually has like interest from Warner brothers, but yeah. we'll see. I don't know. Um, I like the idea. I do think like for me personally, the appeal of Smallville to me was always that it was sort of translating comic book stuff into like sort of low budget live action through the lens of like either a teen drama or like, you know, in the later days, once they went beyond teen drama, just like, I don't know, that kind of very almost like soap opera y but action show kind of thing. And like, once it's animated, like that's cool. But I guess if for me, it's just sort of like, I don't know what would really differentiate it much from any Superman cartoon at that point that, that can exist. Like I would kind of would rather just have a good solo Superman cartoon rather than one that like has to be bogged down with Smallville continuity Um, because Smallville continuity honestly was the way that it was because it was a live action and had to deal with actors leaving and their limitations and stuff like that, which is the stuff that I found really fascinating about the show. And you kind of lose that when it's just animated. And personally, I don't know that I really actually care that much what happens to the Smallville characters 
after the end of the show because the joy of the show for me was seeing the sort of this like pre Superman ultimate Superman almost kind of take. And then once it becomes classic Superman, which is sort of how they ended the show, like I'm like, well, okay, then it's just classic Superman. So like, I would rather just see a Superman cartoon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, as for the season 11 comic, I like the season 11 comic fine. And, and Brian Q. Miller, I think he did all of them. He was a writer on Smallville and he and he wrote the comics and he is a very, very good writer. But I think those comics are kind of plagued with this problem of like just trying really hard to do everything that they weren't allowed to do or didn't have the ability to do on the show. And so it was literally every other issue was like Superman meets Batman, Superman meets Wonder Woman. Uh, the storylines you didn't like with Lana are now revisited and undone so that basically the way that she left didn't happen the way that it did because fans didn't like it. So now we can change it in the comics. Like it ends up being kind of like, are you actually telling a story or are you just doing like your fan servicey stuff, which the fan servicey stuff is fine, but it's not really that compelling to me, like as a reader in terms of like the storylines and stuff. So I don't think that I would really want to see those adapted into a cartoon revival if they do do a cartoon revival. So yeah, like I said, I don't think my opinions <laughs> are very popular about it, but I'm also very much like once Smallville was over, I was kind of like done with that. I like Smallville as a show that it exists. I don't really need a lot of expanded universe from it personally. Um, but you know, if an anim animated revival happened, I will watch it just to see those actors returning to those roles just for the fun of it. Um, but I, I, it would have to do something really cool and really different and really special for me to like really love it or, or think that it was like, I don't know, necessary, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. I mean, I can't speak to Smallville specifically cause I think I watched maybe like the first few seasons as it was airing and haven't, haven't consumed any more of it. And I, I certainly don't know the comics, but I think on that last note, I feel similarly about most things that are sort of long running and have a conclusion i think like i personally feel like it's okay to just let things lie unless mm -hmm. there's something really inspired that you're doing with it yeah. um i know that like legacy sequels and stuff are are popular and they have the benefit of having a lot of time between when they happen but they're not a guaranteed hit so it really yeah. has to it really has to be something i think that justifies itself especially when you went for double digit seasons. You know? uh -huh. And the most inspired thing that I think they could do is probably what Superman and Lois, the show is already doing like yeah, in a, lot that of ways, a lot of sense that kind of feels like a spiritual sequel to Smallville. So it's kind of like, I just don't know what more I could really see from that, from that world at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Well, Bo also asked, uh, he says for Doug and Derek, if he has anything too, and I think you will for this one, probably more so than I do for Smallville. Sure. Um, what do you think about Pokemon Violet and Scarlet? And if they ever do a third version, what would the color be? Uh, I'll start with the color because I think that's uh, tough, but I kind of know the direction I would want. For me personally, I would want it to then be a green because I know Scarlet is technically red, but but it's pretty much violet and orange are the colors that they're using. Uh, and so they're all kind of secondary colors. I think green would make sense. The problem hmm. is there aren't a lot of like great names for green and they've already used emerald and green. Yeah. So the only one I can think of is Jade. And I think that Jade is maybe a, a relatively well-known uh, ROM hack, which doesn't mean Pokemon couldn't use it because ROM hacks are technically breaking copyright anyway. But um 
Is it so shade I, also like the name of a stone too? Yes, and these and, are not stones. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like they would want to they would want to want it to be something right. that is exclusively a color. Or yeah, something. but the problem with green is that green is a naturally occurring color, so most greens are named after the plants that they come from, oh, and a lot yeah. there are a lot of green gems like green gemstones, but they have terrible names. Hmm. So like I don't know. You know, there's not not great ones. Pokemon Malachite. Uh, I think they could also do a, uh, some sort of variant of gold because it does seem like the color scheme is is red, purple, and gold, or sort of an orange, purple, and gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could do something like topaz or whatnot. But again, that's another stone. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I I think it it might end up being a weird pull, maybe. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, that's I also. Not that this is what you're asking, Bo. I also think I think they're done with third versions. Personally, I think it'll be. Oh, either... did they do a, a Sword and Shield third version? That no, didn't they, happen, did they? they did DLC instead. That makes sense. So they just did yeah. like additional stories and additional areas, and then Sun and Moon, which came before it, didn't do a third version either. They did sequels, and mm. X and Y didn't do a third version. They canceled their third version. Interesting. It's, it's, it's like openly known that they planned on it, and then just decided not to do it. Yeah, so I guess, but you know what? Maybe that's that's like freed them up to name them the way that they have because now they like don't have to worry about coming up a with third. a third one because that that's probably why it's so hard to figure out what a third color would yeah. be. I also, again, not what you're asking, Bo, but I also don't like the name Scarlet very much. I understand why they're doing Scarlet and Violet. It's because they there's like a, they a sound like, similar, right? They both end in ELT or LET. But I think crimson and violet would sound so much better. Gonna say crimson too. <laughs> I would have loved it to be crimson. I think that flows so much better than scarlet and violet. But yeah, that's okay. I don't make those decisions. As for what I think about them, I'm very excited. I actually just recorded uh, an episode that'll probably drop this exact same week uh, uh, w- with my reactions uh, to the trailer we just got. I-, I think it looks awesome. I love that there are two professors. Um, I love the theme of past and future. I don't know what it means yet, but I like it. Um, and the mm-hmm. box legendaries look rad as hell. Yeah, I think it looks really fun. I'm I'm excited about it. I don't really know much about it. I'm will learn more just through osmosis, and I'll probably listen to your podcast episode on it. But I, I love the aesthetic of it a lot, like mm-hmm. the or the 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 themes, whatever you'd call it. Yeah, the the past future thing. I think it's a really I, yeah. Like I said, I, like you said, I don't know what they're gonna do with it, but. That I feel like there's so many cool things you could do with it that I'm kind of excited about, and I oh, love yeah. that there are two professors and they're both like really hot. Like I don't they're understand. They're so hot. What like, they're doing there, but I love it. <laughs> there were already hot professors, but these two really was like, yeah. But what if we literally set everyone on fire just by looking at them? Yeah. Oh, and the internet is ablaze right now. So yes. It's it's funny too because like when they did the Sun and Moon professor, Professor Kakui, everyone was like, oh my god, Pokemon's making like hot professors, and then. <laughs> Pokemon Go came out and everyone was like, oh my God, Willow is also hot. And nobody could have seen coming these two professors and just how absolutely no, scorching hot it's they are. Wild, wild. <laughs> They're just models. They're just literally models. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Bo also asked a question about Doctor Strange. I've seen Doctor Strange, but Doug hasn't. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> think it's I don't think it's a particularly spoilery question, but Doug, you said you haven't seen like you you really know nothing from it. You have managed to not really be spoiled on much of anything. So just for the sake of keeping it that way, I, I'm just not going to mention the question, even though I don't think it's that intense. Um, but I'll I'll put it on hold. So next time we do 
in AMA, I'm assuming you'll have seen Doctor Strange by that point, whenever yeah. that is. I'll um, do it. We'll bring somebody, that question somebody back. just be on me about it, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I've had, I was telling Derek before we started, I've had opportunities. It's entirely my fault. I just, I don't want to like hoof it to a theater. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being lazy. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. It's a movie at the end of the day. You got stuff to do. Yeah. And it'll be on Disney Plus, like before you know it, anyway. So I know. not not but that. I, I mean, it's I a, it is that it would be a, that really would be bad. that's a really it, it is a good visually that is a good one to see in theaters. So I yeah I would say try to. I think I've probably got a, a couple weeks right. No, it's it, it's doing fine. It'll it'll be in okay, theaters good. for a little while longer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but don't wait too long. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And also, the longer you wait, the more likely that like weird, you know, everything will be spoiled for you yeah. because that's just how it all works. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bo did ask another question, and finally, if you could take a magical potion that gave you the perfect hair forever and you'd never have to maintain it, but it would cause you to lose your beard and never be able to grow facial hair oh, again, wow. would you do it? No, absolutely not. I'd rather be bald and have a great beard, yeah, than than not have a beard. I've haven't had a beard. I mean, I have had. I haven't not had facial hair since I think 2009 I only shaved it off because I was in a play and since then there's never not been some kind of facial hair on my face I think that I had a goatee and then I grew a beard and then I shaved it back down to a goatee for another play in 2010 grew it back into a beard and I've never been without some level of a full beard since 2010 so that's what 12 years Mm-hmm. I, and I don't have any intention unless I'm like, again, cast in a play or something and they make a really good case that my character absolutely should not have facial hair. I have absolutely no intention of like shaving off the beard on purpose. I would be totally comfortable with going full bald if that was the case. So, no, I don't care about having perfect hair forever if that means I can't have a beard. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm the same way. I, I mean, I have shaved clean uh since uh what when did i graduate high school uh 2006 i have shaved clean since then but i have never regularly shaved clean since then it's usually a novelty where it's like hey for this fundraiser if we raise enough money doug will shave his beard and then i just immediately grow it back you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i've never and i've had a mustache uh at one point but uh that's the closest i've come to to clean shaven on a regular basis. I, I also, this is a a question that's simultaneously very easy for me and a little bit harder, I think maybe, um, because I'm already bald. (laughs) So there's a part of me that's like, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot that I would be willing to do to have hair again. Um, but also I already know that I look good bald and have, and with a beard. So like, Mm -hmm. there's no mystery there for me. I I don't need to lose my hair to find out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I would, I would not do this either. There are a lot of things I would do, uh, to have hair again, I, I would do experimental treatments if it meant that I would have my hair, uh, but I don't need it. I I know I know what I look like right now. Mm-hmm. So I also think uh, I think I look better bald and with a beard than I do with hair and without a beard. Sure, that's how so, I feel too. Yeah, actually. I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. And then he closes it out with thanks again for all your hard work. We really appreciate it, Bo. That, like I said, it, it really, really means a lot to us. Yeah, I love that. I love that email. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. So we got another Spider-Man question. This is from Steve F. at Hit People Guy on Twitter. He asked, so we've seen Dark Noir Spider-Man and Future Tech Spider-Man. Any other genres that you'd want to see or uh, what would be the most fun? Western Spider-Man, rom-com Spider-Man, horror, thriller Spider-Man. 
Hmm. Yeah. What's you know what's kind of interesting though is like when you think about like obviously like you know Spider-Man Noir like that's in the name Spider-Man 2099 that's in the name that's sort of like the premise but mm-hmm. if you think about it like rom-com and like horror thriller we have gotten those variations of Spider-Man within right other Spider-Man things it's just more like I guess they haven't made although yeah, they, I've well, never read I've never made like I've never read like the Spider-Man loves Mary Jane type thing that so was maybe one that's I was going to mention rom-com. yeah they also have the, I think, um, I think there might be another one, but I think it's more focused on Mary Jane, even than Spider-Man loves Mary Jane. I don't know, but they've definitely done rom-com ones. The thing with horror thriller is they've done it, but it's usually a miniseries or a one-off, right? It'll usually be yeah. like an edge of Spider-Verse or Spider-Verse or the fairy tale ones that we read had, had some that I would, I would say were pretty mm-hmm. clearly horror. Um, and we are getting the deadly, deadly neighborhood Spider-Man, which is, is, clearly meant to be uh, a horror thing but i think it's mm-hmm. probably limited just like um what was the one that we read on infinity um S- spine tingling spine tingling yeah so yeah. they they've done it but but the thing with a lot of those is they're horror comics but they're not horror spider-men you know that's there was yeah, the one yeah, yeah. there was like the one that we read that was like a monstrous spider-man um and i don't think either one of us loved it very much mm-hmm and so I think part of Spider-Verse, right? I think yeah, it was just a Spider-Verse one It was shot. either part of Spider-Verse or one of the fairy tale ones. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the it was, it was one part of, of the Spider-Verse because sp- we read it for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It was in the lead up. It was like in the lead up to it was just like, yeah, it was just yeah. a one shot thing. And it was very yeah. aggressively dark. <laughs> it was aggressively dark. I wouldn't mind a horror Spider-Man. I think the challenge with horror Spider-Man is like usually when there is a genre theme, it's applied to Spider-Man or Spider-Woman themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't think horror works in that particular way. Yeah. Um, I think it, it'll always work best when it's a horror comic featuring Spider-Man or Spider-Woman, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I would be down for Western Spider-Man. I know I that Western that Spider-Man really exists um, because I've I've been reading Spider-Verse. And so you see like all the various versions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Western Spider-Man that shows up in Spider-Verse as part of the like, quote, web warriors with Miles or whatever. I don't know if that was made for spider-verse or if that is from a what if or something but mm-hmm. i would fully be here for a, a, a western spider-man written by the right person yeah, you know somebody who go, like, really cares about westerns it. yeah i think that could be really fun i think it could yeah. be a lot of fun too so that's like probably that. my pick of the list here i'm trying to think of like what are some other genres it's so hard because comics already dabble in like every single genre yeah. already like i'm trying to think of like maybe like a really hyper specific genre but one that like clearly translates um, right. as like that genre, you know, right? And isn't isn't like something that applies to something small because like like a heist movie, like that's a genre of movie, but it's like it wouldn't really work for that. Yeah, <laughs> and it also also there are heists in comics all the time. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, trying to think of or like fantasy Spider Man has happened, but in like kind of like horror. Um, I know you probably are less inclined to that because you don't super love like magical spider-man stuff right um, but if, you, if you're going like full bore like like medieval spider spider-man or like lord of the rings spider-man it? or something like that i think that like, you could have fun with that yeah i think you got fun with there that. is like the spider-man knight like there's some sort oh, of yeah, knight that's right. that's who is right. spider-man yeah. but I, again it's hard with spider-verse to know like which of these things were one-off what-ifs Mm-hmm. And which things are like rooted in something. Yeah. But I think a medieval one could be really fun if you really, really, really leaned into it. Just go, yeah, just go super high fantasy with it or something. 
Um, yeah. I think actually like t- just playing with like different time periods with Spider-Man is always fun. Like, um, this is a weird one because he existed during this time and there's already a symbiote Spider-Man one. But if they really did like a super fun, like eighties Spider-Man where they just like amped yeah. up the eighties of it because eighties nostalgia at this point is its own genre. Like that is a thing that just exists. It's just like, we're going to make a movie and just put it in the eighties and make it eighties as fuck. Like so yeah. many things are like that now. It, it truly is its own genre more than any other time it's, period. I feel like I know that people will hate to hear this, but both of us were born in the eighties. So deal with it. Eighties is kind of a period piece at this point. <laughs> It absolutely is, yeah. Like if you lean really hard into it, that's just it just is. But for some reason it's like like I don't feel like like the seventies hasn't become a genre. Like there are obviously period pieces that exist in other times, but the way that the eighties, like the icon iconography, I guess, is yeah. so hyper specific and it's like recent enough that there's a lot of like connections to it and 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 pop culture feels like relevant, like relevant and similar now, but it's still far enough away that like it still feels like a whole other world. Um well, and it's just, I, I guess it's such a distinct time period in terms of the aesthetic, I guess. I think that's part of it. But I think also that might be when pop culture hit a point where like it can be a genre, you know, mm. like I know that pop true. culture existed before that, but there's something about the eighties that I think also applies to the nineties that also applies to the aughts, um, where you can take a specific tone of those decades and, and it kind of is its own genre, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So I think like a full like yeah, Stranger Things, Spider Man kind of thing, kind of yeah, could be honestly really fun, and yeah. people would roll their eyes at it, and I would love it. No, I'd be here for <laughs> if you did a Kids on Bikes with basically the cast of 2017, like that'd mm-hmm. be really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think yeah. that'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. So I, like I don't know if that lot. really got to the the core of it, but I think we landed on a few things that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question because that is actually it's a surprisingly hard one just because mm-hmm. of how much stuff already exists. So it's like trying to figure yeah. out like, well, what hasn't happened and what has and could have been done better and stuff like that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, artsy chef uh, at artsy underscore chef on Twitter asked, "Do you think that I love this question? By the way, do you think that if Ben had lived and Peter died, for example, Pete was was really was the clone, mm-hmm. um, that his time with Miles would have been vastly different than Peter's?" Say Ben mentioned. Uh, say Ben mentoring him differently. That's a really cool question. I love this question yeah. for a number of reasons. My my first like my first impression. I'm not I'm not like a super like. There's a really hefty like. There's a really there's a very hefty like Ben Riley fandom that exists, which I find really cool considering he was a very like you know controversial character at the time. Um, so there's a lot of love for Ben as a character. Um, I'm not super like familiar on his characterization. Like I've read some of the clone saga stuff from the nineties, but I don't think I ever really read like the period of time when Ben Riley, when Ben Riley was Spider-Man, you know? So I don't really have a great pinpoint on his actual exact personality. Um, But just him being a clone and having to have filled in into Peter Parker's shoes in some way, um, I think already lends to a really interesting sort of dynamic between like a fill in replacement Spider-Man mentoring another person who's kind of a replacement Spider-Man sort of, well, you know? And I mean, there's that I, I also, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know Ben Riley super duper well, but 
what I do feel like I know very well is Peter and Miles. Like, I feel like I know their relationship very well. Sure. And I think a lot of what Miles has learned isn't directly because Peter tells him something and he learns it as is. It's because Peter has a pretty specific belief set that he tries to impart on Miles and Miles doesn't follow all of it. Like, mm -hmm. he breaks free from the Peter Parker that is sort of the classic Uncle Ben taught me this and so I will teach it to you. And it doesn't really work as well for Miles, largely because I think when Peter interacts with Miles, especially in those formative period, like in those formative moments, not the mm. Into the Spider-Verse one, but like the comics books, comic book ones. Sure. Like there's a bit more, and probably even in 2017, I think there's a bit more rigidity with the way that Peter sees things and the rules that he has for himself that Miles sort of maybe tries to live up to and then realizes like, that's not going to work for me. And that's kind of how he learns from it. And so I think that sort of reacting to Peter's rigidity in his sort of belief system and his very strict, this is what superheroes need to be and, and how they need to protect others is mm -hmm. kind of integral in miles figuring out himself by both what he should do and what won't work for him. And I just think it would be really interesting for him not to have that very specific, um, that very specific like belief set kind of pushed on him, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that could be for anybody, right? That could be sure. for Ben Riley, but it could be for like any other spider person. Cause like who, I mean, what spider people think the exact same way as Peter. Peter's like a pretty specific, yeah. like he has a very specific iconic sort of trauma and reaction to it. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I think you take any other spider person, and make them Miles' mentor, and it does turn out differently. Mm -hmm. He might he might end up in the same place. I think certain comics would tell you that it's it, he is fated to end up that way. Um, but I do think <laughs> the the fact that there is a, a particular reaction to the way that Peter is a superhero that shapes Miles that would just be absent. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good answer. I don't really have anything to add to that actually. Um, yeah. Like imagine if like Hobie Brown Spider Punk were his mentor. He'd be like a totally different superhero. Maybe, you know? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to tell like how much of Miles would have been himself regardless of who his mentor yeah. was, you well, know. I, right. And it wouldn't necessarily I'm not saying that like his his core personality would change, but I do think the way he views being a sure. superhero, the way he views his relationship as a superhero with himself, his friends, his family, cuz like we see that Peter Parker often not always but often feels very strict about the like you cannot tell anyone that doesn't work for miles you know and he learned mm -hmm. that because peter felt so strict about it and right. it was like this is this is can, this is hurting my relationships peter because you're telling me i have to do it right right so yeah it's a fascinating question i wish i had a better ben specific answer for you um but uh it's a really good question it like motivates question me to think about that now with any of those spider folks that existed in such a way that they could have mentored Miles, you know? Mm -hmm. Imagine, my, oh my God, you know what the worst case scenario would be? Oh, no. Miles mentored by Miguel would be a shit show. No, don't even say that. <laughs> Miguel ew, should, should mentor no one. <laughs> mentor should, Miguel should never be around like children. He should never be around people in, ever in general, Uh huh. period. <laughs> There, you know, it is funny because I'm reading Spider Verse. Like in that in that arc, there's like this little offshoot of um, Spider folks who are like, we're the ones who had it the hardest, and 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 know that like you must kill people to whatever. Like it's just it's oh like God. the vengeful Calm subset down. or whatever. 
Yeah. And it's like, it just, it really gives you a spectrum of like, oh my God, there's so many, so many ways it could be horribly wrong if some of these really, really like scarred <laughs> spider totems like ever mentor to anyone. Yikes. Nope. Don't want it's that. It's such a self-destructive little group. <laughs> that's really, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But great question. We'll have yeah. to revisit that at some point because sure, I think we that's, should, that's fun. We should read some Ben Riley stuff. I think we should too. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like it's a pretty big blind spot for the both of us. I think so too. Yeah. Well, Kyle at Deadpool Ranger and Twitter asked, <laughs> why is Spectacular Spider-Man the greatest Spider-Man cartoon? I mean, short answer, it's a really well-made TV show <laughs> made by folks who knew what they were doing. Uh, it's tight. It's compelling. It has a clear vision. Uh, and uh, and it was willing to, I think, break from expectations, but not not uh, like completely throw expectations out the window. That's my like short why this TV show is good answer. I feel like you have a lot more to say than I ever would. So, I was going to say, um, I was counting how many episodes uh, of a podcast <laughs> that we did covering Spectacular <laughs> Spider-Man, and I think it's about 23. So you've got 23 episodes of our podcast that answers this exact question if yeah. you'd like to learn every one of our thoughts about this, yeah. actually. It really does boil down to just it's a very well-made TV show. Yeah. That's it's a cartoon that I would recommend to people regardless of whether they like Spider-Man or not. It is yeah. just a good cartoon period that just happens to also be a very good interpretation of Spider-Man as a character and his whole world and mythos. Yeah. Like all of those things. Um, and I, I don't think I've seen, I, I still haven't really seen a cartoon really like it since then. Obviously like, there's been things that are similar and other Greg Weissman things and other Spider-Man cartoons that are sort of spiritual successors to it in ways. But like the the sort of combination of like the quality of of animation, the sort of very kind of like idiosyncratic designs that they have for that show, the caliber of voice acting and like the breadth of the ensemble and how like every character is like really well written and fleshed out and just like the pulls that it has from comics you know, and, and the whole idea that every single character, every single named character is a character from pre-existing Spider-Man mythos. Like all of those things combined along with just the really good writing. Like there's just never been a show that like hits all of the same beats at the same time. There's been other shows that like do some of those things better. And some of those shows that try to do wildly different things, but no show has been like the combination of things that spectacular Spider-Man is. Um, and it just, I don't know that there ever will be again. And it just is really special. Yeah. And even in the context of like quote nerd things, like it does everything that people want like nerd adaptations to do. And I just don't think people realize that it's doing exactly the things people are constantly asking for by like honoring what came before and also moving things forward in, in new ways, you know? So yeah. it just, it really just, I don't know. Everything was right about it except for time and place, to be to be totally honest. Like yeah. something had to go wrong and unfortunately it was the fact that it, it happened at the wrong time. Yeah, wrong licensing bullshit that yep. had nothing to do yep. with its success or not, unfortunately. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh good show. You should watch it and then listen to our Absolutely. podcast coverage about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. We also got a bit of a, a general superhero question. Again, this is from uh, Steve F at Hit People Guy. Um, and he asks, what kind of superhero would have the actual most positive effect in a world if they were using their powers to deal with societal ills instead of just fighting supervillains? 
And I actually, this is, I'm, I'm annoyed with myself because this was the one question I saw ahead of time that I meant to prepare for because I have an idea. But mm-hmm. if you have something that you can uh, start with, I will try to find what I actually was going to look for. I think that my idea was, this isn't a fleshed out idea or anything, so feel free to poke holes. But if it's like a, um, a, a, a hero with the ability to like, with some kind of like almost like Professor X kind of sort of ability to like go into people's minds and like sort of have like brain conversations with them. I think that if it was a hero that like he would be very OP, but who was just like basically every sort of all the most powerful people in the world would just like basically trap them in their own headspace and like try to convince them <laughs> to what, what they're doing is wrong in a way where it's sort of like, oh, you're in your head. So like a few seconds of the real world can be like years and years in this brain space where the person is learning a lesson or something like that. And then comes out of it like changed potentially because I do feel like the, the only ways that there can really be super significant changes in the world in a way that like superheroes can make like very significant, quick, significant changes, you know, are either going to be like from the ground up, which is just like helping with an uprising revolution or from the top down, which is like these people that are in power are not going to not be in power anytime soon. The billionaires are not going to be not be billionaires anytime soon. So if you can like actually convince them to be better people, which I don't think any of us in real life could do. But if you were like a superhuman person that could like trap this person in like years of a reeducation like type setting or torture setting in some cases, I don't know what would work best (laughs) Um, years in that to like help them like understand fucking empathy and like the actual like harm they're doing versus the benefits that they could do like the way that they could make the world better and actually like fundamentally change them as a person in a way that only someone with a magical telepathic superhero ability could. I think that that, and could actually like do real good because it could literally be like the next day, you know, some shitty billionaire wakes up and is just like, all right, I'm going to end world hunger today. And they do it. And like, there you go. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's probably a million ways that that doesn't work, but like in the most broad comic booky sense, I think that that could, would, would be pretty, pretty good. I, I guess. Think- I think we're thinking similarly, but I think <laughs> I think there's a slight difference in what we're thinking. Um, I I I who I'm a dangerous territory for me because I don't know DC very well at all. Um, but the first thing I thought of was I think the Star Sapphires, the Violet is it Violet Lantern Core, um, the ones that are I like she was pink. I don't she, know. Actually. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know the entire. I don't, I don't know, the know lantern, what they're called. Like I, I think it's they're they're one of the ones that's called something different. I think they're called star sapphires, and then mm-hmm. I think there's also no, a number of characters called star sapphire. Yeah. And I think their color, even though they're pink, I think is technically violet because gotcha. they're all colors of the rainbow spectrum. I think pink technically isn't there. I don't know. Gotcha. Whatever. Again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think that their <laughs> their their whole thing is their powers are rooted in like love and empathy, right? So like. What I was thinking is similarly, I think, to what you are, which is a, a, a superhero who would be able to affect people's ability to experience empathy because, and, and I guess love, because as much as I think people don't love this in entertainment, and I would argue with them about it, but choose not to because I think it's fruitless, um, I actually think the most effective superheroes and the most effective 
uh, stories that actually feel like they could result in like core changes in people are the ones that are like, and we learned to love each other. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I have never spoken about Wonder Woman 1984, uh, but that's kind of a bit of what that movie has to do with. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that would actually be the type of superpower that wouldn't feel um, it wouldn't feel manipulative or brainwashy. It would literally just be like you as a human are clearly shutting off your ability or never learned how to experience empathy. And I'm going to give that to you. And I think naturally you will not be as shitty of a person. So I think that sure. a superhero who can do that would be probably the safest, most ethical question mark. Um, it's more ethical than mine where I'm like, we should torture people I, in their brains I, for years. But, but I got where you were coming from though, right? <laughs> like I knew what you were getting at, which is like, can we just get people to like care about others? Yeah. You know? And I think for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, a superhero who can like, give or or activate somebody's empathy doesn't feel unethical i guess for some reason even well reason. i guess because i think it's like i don't know i just think of like if you're doing that to someone like fucking like mitch mcconnell or something like that's literally the only way that you'd be able to redeem a person like that is by magically activating the empathy that they clearly have not ever had or at least haven't had in decades you know yeah. Yeah, because the fundamental thing is right. Like I always talk about this article that somebody wrote at this point, probably over a decade ago, which is like, I don't know how to convince you that you should care about other people like that. And I think it's a fundamental difference. I think the thing that's really frustrating is when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, the difference between me and you is that your political beliefs are rooted in not feeling like you have to care about other people. And mine Mm. are that I feel obligated to like. So I think if you could if you could activate that caring about other people, I think. I think a lot of shit would be different. Yeah, for sure. And again, I don't know if that's accurately describing what star sapphires can do, or if it is just their ability to draw from their own love and empathy, but you just made up a superhero that's inspired by the idea of star sapphires. Exactly. We'll just go with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that was my first thought and I meant to look into like it that. so that I would be able to speak on it a little bit more intelligently, but you got, you all get what I'm saying. I like that. I'm idea, sure though. there's a superhero yeah. out there. There's probably an X-Men uh, who can do it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, it's like, I know it's, it's a, that is kind of a thing that like I've seen people roll their eyes at where it's just like, just empathy, like talk, just, I wish people had empathy, but it's also like, I feel like that is kind of like the root cause of so many problems. Yeah. Yeah. I think anytime you have like a movie where the solution is love, people are like, Oh, of course it was love. And it's like, yeah, but actually (laughs) that would probably work. Yeah. (laughs) So I understand it's like a hard narrative device for people to like wrap their head around, but it shouldn't be. That's part of the problem, I think. Right? Yeah. Um, is it should it shouldn't be that that should be a thing that we accept as a, it, as a solution. It is also like that's like an age old thing that you can have like that's like been in like literature since like the days of like every man in yeah. like the 16th or 15th century or whatever. Like the idea of like well, I guess that one. I just this is only the top of my mind because I just saw. And adapt like a modernized adaptation of Every Man literally yesterday. Oh. And they did update it in it's called Everybody. It it's a good script. I didn't love the production of it. But anyway, I only brought that <laughs> up because they up in the original Everyman, he, it's like every person 
like when they die and go into the afterlife, they're carrying all their good deeds and all their bad deeds that they've done with them and nothing else, basically like, no, you know, you're not yeah. carrying your personal relationship. And then the, the, the modernized version updates it to all of your bad deeds and then all of your love essentially. And it's like, that's really what's what you leave behind. That's the most important. Like, the things that you do wrong, but also all the love that you had, whether that's for yourself or for everyone else in the world. And like, that's coming from like s- s- the oldest play ever written. So like that, that trope is yeah. a thing that has always been a part of like philosophy and culture. Like that is a real thing. So it's not like a hack writer coming up with a cheap way out of their story. Most of the time that yeah. that's just kind of a fundamental like part of life, you know, mm-hmm. like love, keeps us together <laughs> yeah it, it's it's unfortunate i mean like i i'm it, it's weird it's like unfortunately we we have to like couch it in this sort of like you know what i mean guys chuckle chuckle but like yeah. it, it's i don't know it's so hard to sell to people and it really really shouldn't yeah. be also mm-hmm. nobody can at me because violet is their color they're just not called the violet lantern core so okay cool, cool. <laughs> nobody at good me know. good to know <laughs> probably because they were pink before that right who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to dig the, the <laughs> hole deeper. No one at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. Cool. Let's move on to some lighter questions. Yeah. That was that was a good question, Steve. I, I like liked that one a lot. Those those are the really challenging ones that I think we really like getting because it definitely yeah. makes you think. And I think that's the kind of stuff that we like think about on our own anyway. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but we got some, uh, you know, entertainment questions, TV, movies, video games, stuff like that. So we got mm-hmm. we got a whole slew of those. So Tommy at Awkward Comma, who's a former guest on our show and yeah. a soon to be guest on uh, the next episode of Falling with Style, because his first question is a Pixar related question. Yeah. So he asked, <laughs> this is a funny question, which Pixar film universe creates the greatest danger for humanity if the rules of that movie's universe existed in real life? Conversely. Which betters our world if its rules existed <laughs> in real life? I had an immediate reaction to this because Cars? of the specific. No, 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 no. Although that might work, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I had an immediate reaction to this because of the specific way he he worded these, which is the first one creates the greatest danger for humanity, and the second one of which betters our world. And my first reaction was good dinosaur, because humans do not have power in that movie that we are aware of. They never get to the point where they are beyond sort of hunter gatherers. Um, there's no real like like they are they're kind of just in like nature survival mode, so they can't yeah. affect the world negatively. Um, so I guess you know like greatest danger in the sense that we never like rise to the top of the food chain or whatever chain uh, or whatever, but also betters the world in general because we can't fuck it up. <laughs> Uh, that was my first yeah. reaction. I don't know if it's a great answer and I feel like we should explore, we should definitely explore further. Uh, but I was like, I mean, if there were less humans and also we didn't have technology that might be okay for the earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just hate that an answer has to be good dinosaur, but Look, it's I, gotta I, be good I, for I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree though. Cause I mean the world of the good dinosaur, like probably my favorite part of that movie is how beautiful it looks like the landscape. I mean, not the characters, but the landscapes and everything. And like, you know, it would be prettier if and healthier, how everything and healthier for the world. If the earth would be people, so much healthier, if people were just like, you know, wolf, dog humans god that movie's so fucking weird um (laughs) 
I'm so sorry to make you think and talk about it again. It's okay. You know, I mean, the, I don't know, the, that like wolf, wolf dad man was pretty hot, I guess. There you go. There's, I don't know. There's your plus. <laughs> there's your plus. the plus. Um, yeah. Um, okay. The greatest danger one is, is, is interesting. I mean, some of the weird, like, like Wally's kind of weird. Cause Wally is kind of exactly supposed to kind of be our world just in the future. Right. Like the route we're already on. So I kind of feel like you can't count that because it's sort of like, well, that's it's happening. Like the thesis of the movie. <laughs> right. Right. So I feel like that, that just kind of can't be part of it or else that is just the answer, I guess. Um, I mean, you hmm. said cars, but like, also you're not wrong. If there were sentient cars, we would all be fucked. Yeah. The car, like all of our vehicles would kill us. I don't like, they would take, <laughs> it would be a revolt and they'd demolish us. Maybe that's how the cars universe happened. Like that could Maybe. be the story of it. I'm sure that's part of the Pixar unification theory or whatever. No one but at like, me with that either. Yeah. But like I, the idea that. I don't know. I think that would explain a lot of the weirdness of yeah. those movies. If the cars just magically came to life and that's why they are human structures and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that, that does sound like a terrifying way for humanity to go out, but also kind of like a, I don't know, kind of a poetic justice thing. Like the mm-hmm. technology you created, like bit you back. Like that's, it's basically, you know, the story of Terminator and stuff yeah. like just yeah. through cars. <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, I, I, I think this wouldn't be the first, second or third thing I thought of, but I think, the world of brave just inherently presents a world that is more dangerous to humans than many other Pixar movies are just because there are more threats uh, involved, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not like it is generally like threatening the ability of humans to live, but like it it does present like in the way that, that finding Nemo presents a dangerous world for fish. I do feel like brave presents a sort of dangerous world for humans. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to think of other Pixar movies. Because, like, I mean, Inside Out doesn't affect the way that humans live. Soul doesn't really affect the way that humans live. I guess Incredibles makes things, oh, like, God, more yeah. dangerous, right? Because <laughs> it's basically a comic book world. <laughs> comic book worlds are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, if Toy Story was real, that would be, like, a positive thing. Because it really, I mean... Obviously, Toy Story is like kind of pretending that that is the real world and everything. Mm-hmm. But I do think if like toys were actually like out there trying to improve my life because they cared so deeply about yeah. me, like yeah. I would, I would think I, I think that would be nice. Like I would I like think, that. Yeah, that might be that might be one of the best answers for the second question, right? Which betters our world if the rules exist in real life? Because the established rules in the Toy Story universe is that generally speaking, with some obvious exceptions, because uh, toys have free will, like toys generally care about children like they they generally are extra caregivers for the children Mm -hmm. um that uh that that own them (laughs) is a weird thing to say i mean Um, it's a weird it's always a weird dynamic right but i do think that like you know because it's part of the metaphor like the the way that toys feel when you're a kid it's like having you know having another friend essentially yeah um but yeah the way that they are kind of like Sometimes in like these interesting like caretaker mentor type roles, even when the kid doesn't realize that they aren't sentient or that does the kid doesn't realize that they're sentient. Like, you know, that's I I think that's really it's no the idea that like no kid would ever actually have to be alone, that they would always have someone looking out for them. Like, I think that that's really beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I actually think for the second question, I, I was trying to think about 
if Inside Out and Soul were a little bit more literal. I actually don't think that that affects anything either way. I think it's like kind of neutral, if not a little bit worse. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. That one's weird because those are both those are both reflections of internal processes and questions as opposed to things that, especially with Inside Out. Inside Out's weird, right? Because it's never it's never clearly defined how much external and internal affect each other. It's sort of explored as like, these two things are just quantumly entangled, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to wonder if the rules would, would have any effect. Mm, Doug, I got it. I got okay, it. Okay. The, the one that betters our world, like if it existed turning red, because there's big fluffy red panda people. That's a net positive <laughs> for the world. Well, and, uh, and, um, uh, is it four town? Is that what they're called? Yeah, uh, they are real. <laughs> they they would be go. real. So that would yeah. that would greatly increase our, <laughs> our our lives. I think that's the real answer, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. It's a good question though, because like there are a lot of Pixar movies that don't really affect much as much as I would expect. If not, like Bugs in, Life like, and stuff. Yeah, Bugs Life doesn't really affect anything. Luca doesn't really affect anything. Um, I guess monsters is an interesting one to think about. Oh yeah, I think monsters arguably makes like it's more of a danger for humanity. Um, prior to their solving their energy crisis, sure. But they're not really presenting a danger. They're just like leeching off of us, you know. The idea of having an alternate universe full of like monsters in general, like there's definitely a can of worms that could be opened that could be good or yeah. bad. Like, I feel like that almost comes and ends up being neutral. That's just like basically the same as like discovering another planet essentially. Right. right. Um, well, because like, like there are breaches, right? So if there's right. another world that can breach into ours in an unfavorable way, yeah. that I guess technically is a threat, but yeah. you know, also there again, they're when you get past them solving their energy crisis, they're actually like helping children again. Yeah, they're like bringing joy to children, even though it's like helping them. It's it's a bit of a a healthy symbiotic relationship, I think. Sure, sure. And onwards, another weird one too, because that's another one I think kind of like Incredibles, where it's like both good and it's explicitly not our world, but it's also like both good and bad because it's like magic, yay! But also magic means there can be like dragons and shit. (laughs) So like ends up being kind of neutral in the end. I love that we just kind of ended up going through every single Pixar movie for this question. Look, we we literally have a podcast (laughs) where we go through every Pixar movie. I feel like it was inevitable. And that podcast, we typically dedicate only one, like we dedicate every episode to like one movie. So it's not often that we get to like talk about the whole canon in like a separate context of like movie making. So I love that. I think this was really fun. Yeah. It's a great question. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Tommy also asked, also gamers, what games are you gaming right now? Yeah. Such a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I know the, the irony here is like, I had a hard time thinking of an answer. Yeah. Um, I'm only playing two games right now. I'm always playing Pokemon Unite. I'm still playing that. Um, <laughs> You're so ashamed. <laughs> um, still a master, like always. Um, I and that's I mean that's always fun. Um, I'm also playing Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, which was just like Whoa. the rem- the remaster that they did of it. I'd never played it before, and it's the se- sequel to Chrono Trigger. Um, which is a game that I absolutely love. It's one of mm-hmm. my favorite games. And Chrono Cross was the sequel that was very controversial at the time. I think it came out in 99 or 2000 or something. Um, and 
it's like it is a I get why it's controversial. I really love it a lot, but it is a very like messy and fucking sometimes nonsensical, incomprehensible game. But it's also really fun and really like ambitious. Um, it's one of those things where it's like basically every like everything that I loved about Chrono Trigger kind of isn't present in Chrono Cross. Uh-huh. Oddly enough, like it's such a radically different game um, with just like very tenuous ties to Chrono Trigger. But the things that it does are like so wild. It's like one of the things that made me really, um, really unsure if I would be into it or not was that thing I liked about Chrono Trigger is that like there's a very specific ensemble cast of playable characters that are all very well fleshed out and have really great stories. Whereas Chrono Cross, its whole shtick, not its whole shtick, but one of its main shticks is that there are 45 playable party members that you Holy can have fuck. For, for a JRPG. <laughs> and that's Whoa. right. And, and the thing that I didn't understand that I understand better now is that for one, you can never, you can't collect all of them in one playthrough. That's like 45 in total oh, when you no. replay it and go through new game plus. Right? No, I mean, but that's a good thing because it means that it's not like you're actually always carrying around 45 characters to choose from for your three person party. Right? right. I could it just means, think of at least like three friends who would be like, right. I have to play this game right. every but, single time but and get all the, of them. <laughs> the game is very, very built to, to be replayable. Oh, okay. Well, that's good at least. So yeah. So like, um, yeah. So and 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 I think the game I realize is smart about like there's that many characters, but it doesn't mean every single character is getting like their own storyline, and you kind of realize that quickly. Like there are a handful of characters that are the ones that are important that are going to have your typical JRPG like oh no you're secretly my father kind of stories or whatever, and then the other ones are just there for fun, just to be weird and cool. There's a guy who's a mushroom. My favorite dude is a skeleton clown. He's a clown who Ooh. died and you. You have to collect all of his bones and you put his bones together and now he's a skeleton who has clown stuff on his name is skelly yeah. and the way he walks is by dancing and he's the <laughs> fucking best like it's great and i don't think he's gonna have any kind of fucking story now that i put his bones together but i love having him because he's fucking fun yeah the game also fucking loves cats you switch bodies with a cat man at one point that's a major plot point another major <laughs> plot point is that you get you and your party get magically turned into actual house cats and have to sneak around a boat while you're a house cat and you can secretly get into stuff and you learn like really important like emotional information while you're a fucking house cat just watching shit happen it's wild Kingdom hearts but not kingdom hearts it kind of (laughs) it kind of feels it's kind of the vibe right it's really it's just all over the place and like in a way that i think it could be very off-putting to people and like i said there are times when i'm playing it i'm like i genuinely don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now or which universe of the two universes I'm in or why I'm doing this. And I honestly forgot what happened the past two or three, hour, three hours that I've been playing, Yeah, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> and the, and the moments that are like really well done are very well done. Yeah. Like, you know, like there are going to be things that after I finish it really stuck with me. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily, going to like replay it over and over again. Like, I don't think I'm going to be that kind of gamer, but the characters that I love, I really love a lot. And the music's really good. And also the remaster. One thing I like about it is that this game is, is kind of hard and unforgivable in that very like nineties JRPG kind of Mm -hmm. way. But the remaster adds like a couple of features. There's like one where you can just at any point turn on where you don't have random encounters or you can walk by the, you know, the monsters and they don't attack you. And there's also one that you can just turn on in the middle of a battle 
that's like um basically like makes the 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 uh, the monsters or the boss just not be able to hit you and your stamina like recovers yeah. quickly. They effectively so added a story mode. Right. So it's or sort like of like story only mode or whatever. Yeah, and I've only had to use it a couple of times when it's sort of like if I lose this battle, I'm going to have like an hour of time that I've lost since I could have last saved. And yeah. I don't feel like doing that. There's only been a couple of occasions when I've had to do it. And usually it's sort of like, if I played it over again, I could have beaten the boss now that I understand how it works. I just ain't got time for that shit anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um. So turn it on, be, chip away at the boss and then move on to, for the rest of the story. So, yeah. So, cause it is otherwise a hard, often kind of unforgivable kind of game, especially with the character unlocking unlocking stuff because a lot of the characters, it is kind of like, like a object collection kind of thing where Mm -hmm. it's just like how many fun little care, how many weird things can you do to get this character unlocked for you to add them to your party only for you to never use the character ever again. It's like just for the fun of unlocking them. So some of that stuff is like, if you miss doing one thing, you'll never have access to that character. Um, so, you know, walk through nice to have walkthroughs in this day and age. Nice to have oh those nice to have those um uh quality of life improvements uh just to make yeah, basically making it a story mode. People like me who don't give a shit about the challenge. I just want to know what the fuck's going to happen. Is the world going to end? I don't know. We're going to find <laughs> out, I guess. <laughs> I never would have known otherwise if it weren't for yeah. these quality of life improvements. Right, exactly. Otherwise, <laughs> would have never finished this game. I would have had to hope that somebody at school did finish the game exactly. and was willing to tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. I mean, like, I um, I guess I, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. I, uh, I, I'm not playing a lot of games that are compelling from the sense of, like, gamers gaming or anything, but... Uh, but I, I did pick, I work at a library now that has video games, like has a video game collection. Um, and so I was perusing through it and I picked up Crash Team Racing because I played that all the time as a kid. And there's like the remastered version of it now. And I don't know how I f- didn't realize how hard that game was. It's funny because I remember how hard Crash hmm. was. I was like... I was gleefully chuckling at Twitter a few years ago when everyone was like, why is Crash Bandicoot so fucking hard? This game sucks. And I was like, it's always been hard, you guys. Uh, But for some reason, I don't remember Crash Team Racing being so hard. Um, (laughs) And as you said, like unforgivable. Like it's just like you, it's just like, if you do not perfectly race this race, you shall not win. Do not make any mistakes or you're fucked. Like it's just, it's so rough. Um, but again, the remaster added some new modes that are a little bit more forgiving, added a bunch of characters that weren't in there originally. So I have one file that is like my classic mode just cause I'm like, I, I, I need to do this for myself. Um, and then I have the one that's like my fun, my fun file where I get to be like Spyro the dragon on a cart in Crash Bandicoot Team Racing, you Love know? It. Oh, that's so fun. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the one game I think I'm playing like just like for myself. Uh, everything else I'm playing like with other people. It's like my hangout time. So like you and I are, are slowly going to make our way through Far Cry 6. Um, we, we play that every once in a while. And then I just jumped on Far Cry 4. Basically, once I started playing Far Cry games, I never stopped playing Far Cry games. Um, <laughs> and so I'm playing Far Cry 4 with a friend um, as well. So that's kind of like the games that I have like actually going right now as opposed to just the stuff I'm always checking in on like Pokemon. And yeah. Animal- I actually haven't played Animal Crossing in a long time, but stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Cool. Also, I know this isn't what you're asking, Tommy, but I just picked up the uh, the Power Rangers role-playing game core uh, rule set. 
mm-hmm. and have been reading through that. So that's exciting. Probably won't play it, but I'll know it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could do like an online thing with it or something. Yeah, we'll see. If you got it, yeah. Cool. Well, the Nickelodeon fan club at the Nick fan club on Twitter asked, what's your current binge show? I'm currently working through Degrassi and Muppet Babies. Oh, where are you watching Muppet? Probably on YouTube. I was going to ask where you're watching. Yeah, it's not screaming, probably. but YouTube, I guess. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it is weird that this. I mean, I don't know licensing shit, but it is yeah, kind of sure weird it's that it's weird. not on Disney. It is very silly that it's not because um, I know a lot of people who would really love binging that. Oh, yeah, for sure. What's um, yours? currently i i just i just finished a lot of stuff um so i'm kind of probably between shows right a, now a little bit because <laughs> i've rec- my most recent ones that i watched all through i watched all of abbott elementary oh um, it's so good it's so good i love that show so much i'm so excited that it's like a hit so that means that we'll keep coming back did um, you know quinta bunsen before uh, i had from no Buzzfeed? idea absolutely no awareness of who she I was, was so excited um because i she was she was uh, back when everybody watched buzzfeed like every day i also did mm-hmm. um and she was always my favorite because like that was her energy like most people on buzzfeed were like i'm on buzzfeed this is so much fun and she was like i'm quinta and i'm here like it just, just she was always I my favorite that. so the fact that she's now like making a tv show like a, a very good TV, TV show makes show me so happy. Yeah, and an incredible TV show makes me so yeah. happy. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. It's just a good show and I had to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's great. I love it. It's so good. It li- it's, it's very hyped and it lives up to the hype. And I, it's like, what it was the kind of show where it's sort of like, I finished the season, but I want to watch it all over again right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I have just finished The Flight Attendant because they just had, it, it just had its second season. Mm-hmm. Um, that show's good. Uh, I was... Mm, I liked most of that season. I didn't like the end of it, but that's a good show. Otherwise I would recommend that show. If you just want like a fun thriller kind of show with like also good emotional beats and character stuff in it. Um, what else I did watch stranger things that just came out. There's a question about that after that. So I won't talk about that yet. Um, I, and honestly, like with gimmicks, whenever I haven't like at this point, I've done a recorded a number of them, of episodes where it's like shows that I either haven't seen or haven't watched in a long time. So I'll have like a week where I'm just like watching a bunch of episodes of one show <laughs> just, just because I'm like, I haven't watched, well, yeah. I've, I watched a bunch of Digimon the Digimon episode recently. Like I haven't watched Roseanne in a long time. We're doing a Roseanne episode. So I'll watch some handful of Roseanne episodes and stuff. Um, so things like that. So that's kind of how it's been recently where it's just, I'll just watch like a chunk of random shows every week. You've made binging your podcast job. Yeah, which is kind of, but it's also like, it's not like I only need to watch the one episode. It's right. just more because yeah. it's Context fun because I'm like, well, I'm in the mood now. I'm watching these yeah. other ones. I mean, that's what um, I did when, when I came on to talk about Step by Step. I was like, I only yeah. need to watch the one episode because the whole point is that it is a gimmick episode. But once I yeah. watched it, I was like, but what if I also watch like 15 other episodes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have, I need to get back into watching Deep Space Nine because I did start that. Oh, word. I didn't know that. Uh huh. I did start that, but I haven't. I didn't get very far into it, and I want to because I know I like that show. Um, it's just it's you know it's one of those things where like there's so much of it. Um, obviously, uh, and so and then so I'm just sort of like, do I want to watch get back into that, or do I just want to like knock out a show that only has like 13 episodes that I can actually like watch in a yeah. week or something like that? Or like Russian Doll too. The second season of Russian mm-hmm. Doll came out, and that was also very good. I watched that over the course of like 24 hours. So. <laughs> so funny yeah 
I um I mean this is a this is a good coincidence because I normally don't have a binge show. I I think I've decided I'm just not. I just don't think binging is my preferred way of sure. uh, consuming stuff. I am all for it's probably the, uh, healthier not to do that. Well, it's honestly, it's healthier, and I think it's more fun. I I yeah. was just listening to a podcast and like yelling amen on the bus the other day. Because somebody was talking about, like, binging needs to stop. Week to week yeah. makes so much more sense for literally everyone involved. It makes yeah, sense it for does. viewers. It makes sense for platforms. It makes sense for brands. It makes sense for individuals. Like, it just makes more sense to do a weekly drop. So I'm typically, at this point, I, I usually only watch weekly drop shows, even though I only watch streaming. Um, but this was perfectly timed, Scott, because I do have a binge show right now. Um, and I've made it I, an unofficial rule for myself that I will not binge any other shows until I'm caught up on this one, or at least like at certain checkpoints. And that's Doctor Who. I really, really nice. want to catch up on Doctor Who um, in time. And I have plenty of time, so I know I'm going to do it yeah. um, in time for Shooty to start because I mm-hmm. have watched through 11. I'm currently working my way through 12. I think I'll probably take a brief break once I get to the end of 12's run so that yeah, I can catch up on some other stuff like obi-wan which i haven't seen uh like any of or um at that point probably ms marvel but i I probably won't be able to help myself uh with ms marvel but that's a weekly drop so it's not that bad right yeah but i'm sticking to doctor who like i just want to catch up on doctor who um and i just i think i'm one or two episodes into the 12th doctor's final season so i'm in a good spot where i will be able to get through that and take a break before jodie whittaker's stuff Mm -hmm. That I can sneak some stuff in there, blast through Jodie Whittaker stuff, which is not, it's like the there's totality not a lot of, of Jodie Whittaker stuff is like one season of a longer TV show. It's, so. Yeah, there's really not a lot of it. Yeah. It's like and honestly, a lot of it's, episodes a lot of it's kind of breezy too. Like, there's, uh, too. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll take very long yeah. to get through. So I know I'll get, get really, I know I'll definitely get through it. I, it's not that I didn't expect to like Peter Capaldi's doctor. It was more like I, what I'd been told was that it like the whole direction and vibe of the show shifted in a pretty substantial way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew I would probably like it, but I didn't think I was like, uh, ready for it. You know, like I just was like sitting with the -hmm. David Tennant and Matt Smith of it all. Mm -hmm. But once I started, I was like, Oh, actually I really, really like this doctor. Like I think this doctor works for me very specifically. Like I get why some people don't like him. Um, or might not like him. I actually do not know or care about dis- like Doctor Who discourse at all. But yeah, um, so I genuinely don't know how he was received. But um, I-, I-, I get where someone might not because because he's uh, so different. Uh, all- for all intents and purposes, like David Tennant and Matt Smith are like very, 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 very yeah, similar doctors for sure. Yeah, and Peter Capaldi is totally different for like reasons that make sense. But also, I did see one thing where like Peter Capaldi himself described it as like. This doctor is more alien than the doctors that we've gotten recently. Like he yeah. feels more alien. I want him to feel more alien. Um, and that works for me. I like that. That is very much my vibe. So yeah. Um, no, I love I've been loving seasons. it. I love Clara. I had no idea that Clara was like, is she the longest running reboot um, companion? I think she, in terms of like, I mean, yeah, three it's seasons. Either her or else Amy. Is- I don't know. I don't remember their. I don't remember whose episode count is longer. It might be, like I think 
Amy spread out over longer time than and Clara, was, but I think Clara's in more episodes than Amy. I think I think I Amy could be wrong Pond that, might have had. What, weren't there also stretches where Amy Pond wasn't there and returned or something? I don't know. I'm talking out of my butt. I don't know yeah, Doctor yeah. Who. No one at me. But I didn't realize that Clara was such a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she changes is, so substantially. Yeah, and her, her stuff is really good. Yeah. I have very strong feelings. I even journaled about it. Um, her like ultimate or what I think is her ultimate. Um, mm-hmm. And and I know a little bit of production stuff as to like why it ended up happening the way that it did. So I get it. Um, but I have very strong feelings about those last three episodes of his second Interesting. season. I want to, I want to talk with you about this sure. at some point. Cause I'm um, here. I have a, yeah, I, I have a lot of love for Capaldi seasons. I think that I was, it's so funny. I was literally talking with my friend yesterday about Dr. Who, who I think, and I think she sort of was very much in what most people were, where she was like, I saw the first few Peter Capaldi's stuff. I wasn't super into it and I fell off of it no, it's and never saw anymore. Burn. And I'm sort of if like, you felt I, like that. I right. cannot stress enough. Like, please, I think a lot please, of people, please, yeah. especially if you already like Doctor Who, please give it time because he is. This doesn't necessarily make you feel better in the moment. I get that. But he is meant to be very abrasive and rude yeah but there's very good reasons for it and his it's a great is so arc good. for him and, and 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 he's so fundamentally like different by the end by his end you know like from beginning yep. to end just from because of how many but it's like a very natural like organic change uh like kind of inspired by the things that are happening around him and everything yeah and i think the honestly like if you're burnt if you were burned out on moffat's writing with a with 11 stuff like i think that he's does like he kind of course corrects like everything that I didn't it's, like in Matt Smith's seasons writing wise, I think yeah. is like fixed and better in Capaldi's era. Like I think that I liked, I, I really think that Capaldi and his seasons are like my second best after Tenet personally. I just, um, I really, they're, they are, I, I have a terrible memory for details, but I remember how different doctors and stretches made me feel. Right. And I, I had very positive feelings about, matt smith's stuff but i but i get where you're coming from because some of it was a little bit like it gets, it gets exhausting after it does a while get a little bit exhausting you know? yeah. but the thing about the capaldi season so far and like i said i've got one full one to go basically it's a good one i like i the, like his last season the You'll, stuff I think about well and I, I i had a former co-worker who was like i can't wait for you to meet bill potts that's really good She's stuff so, and i was like i, I mean okay so much. It's, it's hard with companions because every and I'm, I'm telling you every single companion i've been like no actually this is the best one and i swear to god if they ever replace yeah. them i'm gonna throw a fit I've done that with every single one of them and I've always been wrong. Um, and I know that's going to be my journey and I just lean into it, I guess. But yeah, um, it's, it's healthy because I don't talk about the show online. <laughs> but, no, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, avoid that but shit, I, man. <laughs> but, I know, right? But I had a former coworker who was like, I cannot wait for you to get to the Bill Pot stuff. And I thought that was fascinating because I thought that the Peter Capaldi's Doctor and Clara stuff was was amazing. The, mm-hmm. I guess what I, what I was actually getting at is like, I think – that as a whole, both the first 12th Doctor season and the second 12th Doctor season, they're just so rewarding. Like, that's the best oh, yeah. word that I can feel like I can say about it. And I don't know, maybe that changes if you were watching it week to week. But in a binge setting where you remember things that theoretically were like four weeks ago, like, mm-hmm. it's just a very rewarding show to watch. Yeah. In a way that I don't, like, I love David Tennant's, but I, I there's something very specifically rewarding about the Peter Capaldi stuff where it's yeah. like, holy shit like the way you're writing this really feels like you wanted us to to like you wanted to like just give us something for being here the whole time you know yeah i don't know i like it a lot it was it's really well thought out and everything i yeah i love i can't say enough good things about about capaldi the capaldi era of the show 
I think it's, it's really fun. It's very good. I, I didn't expect to dislike it, but I also didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah. Or do, I think, I, guess. I think it's it. less that people don't like his seasons as much as a lot of people just didn't watch them. And then, yeah. and then came back when Jodie Whittaker came on, which makes sense. That's, I don't think it's uncommon for Dr. Who people to fall off and come on yeah. when there's a new exciting looking doctor and everything. But I think that people who didn't watch it really missed like some of the best modern era Dr. Who stuff, I just, which I is such a bummer. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah it's and really I only good. know modern and it's got era Missy, stuff, so I, I Missy's can't compare so it to any classic great. stuff. Yeah. Missy's so good. Fucking oh, good. and it, it has yeah. so much like good. I love all the Osgood stuff too. Like it's just, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it does really, really good stuff. So, I mean, as somebody who's not, not, um, not even deeply, just like not at all in Who fandom, and I'm not necessarily interested. Like, if you were somebody who who decided it was a good time to dip out, I mean, it's over now. You can binge it. Like, I do think it's it's a really rewarding binge. Yeah, so, for sure. Can't recommend it enough. That that's like that is my binge show. Like I said, Scott, yeah. this is the perfect time to ask me because I normally don't have an answer to this. Oh God, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I just want to be there for shooties. Like I I don't yeah, want to. I know that you don't have to watch everything. You can start with any doctor. But, but it's nice since I to, already know some, yeah. it feels silly for me to skip anything when it's all right there for me. Yeah, there's definitely good stuff ahead. I have mixed and, feelings about Jodie Whittaker's stuff, but but she is very good in yeah. the Doctor's role. So I think yeah. you'll enjoy watching her and the companions. Yeah, you know whether or not you end up vibing with the storylines sure. with those seasons. Sure, and that's that's fine. I mean, that's the thing about Doctor Who is like it's just it's so. You just never know what you're going to get. I was describing yeah. it to a, a coworker the other day. I was like, I don't know. Sometimes you get like a medieval episode. Sometimes you get like deep in the future. Sometimes you get present day. Sometimes it's robots. Sometimes it's dragons. Like you just, you just don't know. And some episodes just are not going to work for you. Yeah. And it's kind of a new show every few years. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, this one's well, for you because I don't, I haven't watched either of these yet because I am, yeah. I am being pretty strict about my finished Doctor Who shit. Sure, that's fine. Well, <laughs> um, what's been str- the Nickelodeon fan club also asked, uh, what's been stronger so far, Stranger Things season four or Obi Wan Kenobi? I mean, y- you don't have to like, unless you're worried about spoilers, it's not like you have to like rush to see them because obviously there's a second half of Stranger Things season four yeah. coming out in a couple of months anyway. So maybe you could just, you might enjoy it better watching all of them together anyway. Um, but it's kind of hard to compare. I know why you know why you're asking to compare these two because they're both in the zeitgeist at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, they're both kind of in the moment. They are very different and though, and also they're both huge. I mean, Netflix doesn't really have like huge cultural moments anymore. Yeah, but Stranger Things seems to persist. Yeah, but even still, it's kind of hard to compare them, especially because Obi Wan like is week to week, and Stranger Things they just Oop. dropped half a season at once. So like, that was the exact the conversation picture. I was listening to on the podcast. They were like, "Stranger Things is going to be in the zeitgeist for like three days, and, and then it, no one's going to talk about it anymore." I will say, in this season, <laughs> I mean, probably for every season, but this season especially has some like really like banger specific episodes that like if it was the one episode of it that came out that one week, oh, that's like, fascinating. People like, especially the one I'm sure you've heard people mentioning Kate Bush or whatever. Oh yeah, and you don't it. know what the <laughs> and you don't know what the context for it is, which I is fine. Not. <laughs> it's not. It's knowing that doesn't change anything. I knew that there was something to do with Kate Bush before I watched it because I watched it a few yeah. days after it came out and still was blown away. It's very. It's not going to be overhyped. You're going to love it. Great. But um, but. Like that episode that uses Kate Bush, anyone who's seen it knows what I'm talking about. If that episode was the only episode that week and people would just watch that one and then there was nothing else that they'd seen after that, like where that leaves off 
if people were like were to dwell on that, the reaction that people are giving to the season as a, of a whole from that episode, it would be that times a million because that would be the only episode the that they only were talking thing people about. People would be talking about that. Week. Yeah, you know, it's right. it's sad. Like I'm I'm genuinely not worried about Stranger Things being spoiled for me because I know that if I just wait it out for a couple of days, no one will be talking about it anymore, and yeah, that's really bummer. sad. That's a huge bummer. Like I would be way more worried about being spoiled on it if I knew that every single week. There was going to be a you know a few days, if not the whole week, people just talking about it. Yeah, like I yeah. I have to be way more vigilant about Disney Plus shows. That's why I tend to keep up with them um, than I do anything that comes out on Netflix. I, I'm just not yeah. worried about being spoiled about full binge drop or like full well, batch drops. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's frustrating, and this season also also paced very well and has really good like episode cliffhangers that could have satiated people for like if you waited a week and everything like which is wild, it's just so like it's bingeable so shows or shows that are made to binge. I feel like are losing some of that quality for like mm-hmm. not all of them obviously, but a lot of them are. It's just like actually, what if we made a ten hour movie? I hate that. I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> some things are fine with that. There are some things that are just sort of like, yeah, you know, it makes sense. It's basically a miniseries. But like sometimes that's applied to like the dumbest shit, I feel like. And it's like, right. no, being a 10 hour movie doesn't make it like good or prestige. Like sometimes that just means you're not making a TV show, editing. which just means it means you're not editing. And it means that your episodes are just these amorphous nothings that stop at an arbitrary <laughs> point. Like yeah. that's not then why the fuck are you making a TV show? I don't understand. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole other fucking rant. <laughs> you asked a very specific question that I will finally answer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, I've only seen obviously three episodes of Obi Wan versus basically a, a half season. That's kind of a whole season, but basically a half season of Stranger Things. I went into Stranger Things having feeling kind of having felt kind of so so about season three. I don't really know exactly why. So maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace for it. I, I know that I didn't the like only one who said that though. Yeah. I didn't like, I know I, I know I wasn't a huge fan of a couple of directions with characters in season three. Um, and that maybe it, I don't really, I honestly don't remember a lot about the, the plot lines in that season. So maybe I just wasn't vibing with them. I don't know. Either way, I went in with season. I went into season four not being super excited and kind of just watching it just out of curiosity and stuff, and and having heard mostly positive things from people that I knew who had watched it, you know, the night that it dropped. Um, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but I really was shocked at how much I enjoyed this season. I think it's Good. doing. I think I think season four is done really like kind of inventive things while still like it's, it's, it is still always, you know, an homage to like eighties pop culture. But I think like the types of things that they're pulling from are different than what they've done in past seasons in really interesting ways. Um, And I think that the way that they sort of, hammer in the anvils of like, yes, this is an eighties reference versus this is just cool fucking lore that we have in our universe. I think they balance those things really well. And I think that like the way that the characters are sort of separated out, like the sort of ways that characters are paired and the groups that they, that they, that, that they have that are all kind of spread out. I think they're really smart pairings and smart storylines. There are some storylines that I'm sort of like, I could have done with less of that. Maybe I'm checking my phone whenever we go to Russia. I I don't know. But um, other than that, (laughs) like, I think that for the most part, it was, it was a really strong season and I'm like way more excited about that show than I feel like I've been in years and really excited to kind of see where it goes and like how it's going to end up eventually ending. Cause I think they're taking it in a really cool direction. Um, so I like it with Obi-Wan. I haven't been as into it. I think if we're comparing the two, um, but also like, I think that is a show since it is a limited series that's going to have like a very specific beginning, middle and end. Like, I think that is one that maybe is going to kind of depend on 
where it eventually ends up, right? Like what the complete story is. And I don't really know exactly what well, the complete story is. And so, my, my expectation, having not seen any of it, right? And, and, and generally avoiding too much information about it is... I think Stranger Things probably has an advantage because Obi-Wan is filling in a piece of Star Wars history. Yeah. And I think this is a, maybe a general um, Skywalker era thing at this point. Like, a, mm-hmm. like maybe it's just a Skywalker era or saga opinion I have. Um, and I've had it for longer than Disney Plus shows. So this isn't like a new reaction to Obi-Wan or anything. Mm-hmm. I just think like some of these stories are at a disadvantage because you already know where things come from and you already know where things go. And that yeah. doesn't mean that it yeah. can't surprise you. I'm sure that Obi-Wan has surprises, but the ultimate direction is something that you can predict. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know where this character's end is. <laughs> and even yeah. if the show doesn't deal with it, you still know that there's, there's, you can be surprised on a weekly basis or an episodic basic or, or, or even just in moments, but you can't, they can't surprise you with the direction, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's, that it has is, done some surprising things. Oh, for I don't sure, doubt it. And I, I think agree. I'll like yeah, it. I I, I'm certain I'll like it, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just think, I only say that to say, I think that something like stranger things where you just, there's, there's no reference point really, I think is, is poised to hit harder um than something like uh not yeah. just obi-wan i'm not picking on obi-wan but just any of yeah. the stories that like fill in a spot kind of like rogue one rogue one is incredible rogue yeah. one i love that movie i think it's really really good um but i also know where rogue one ends like yeah. you know or what solo I mean? solo is probably even better example yeah too. totally and i like that movie yeah. a lot too so yeah. i'm not picking on the movies i just think like th- there is an advantage to the stuff that yeah um it's a prequel sequel thing. Well, I guess not so much a sequel thing. It's a prequel thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, it's, it's still fun though. I mean, the two, the two, um, female actors that people are hating on, I think are both great. Um, I can't oh, shocking. Be specific because, because you don't know who I'm talking about necessarily. Well, I know though, one of them. It was really hard to avoid. One of yeah. them I know. And all I know is that she's like, <laughs> all I see is people talking about like, her extensive acting experience and education and pedigree um, <laughs> and being like, this is who the like angry nerd boys on the internet who don't know shit about shit are saying yeah. is a bad actress. Like get the Stupid. fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, her. And then there's someone else who um, like a character from the lore that they have in there that I think is also really great. And cool. people are stupid if they're hating on her. Um, and Ewan McGregor is a beautiful man and a good actor. So like yeah. the, all of that is, well, is good. <laughs> that's the other thing is like, I, I, uh, when, when, uh, for a while, when they were throwing around the idea of like an Obi-Wan movie, I was like, I don't need this. I'll probably like it, but I don't need it. I don't think it's a thing that star Wars needs to be doing. Um, but I will say hearing Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen talk about what it means to them to do this yeah. in the context of people being excited as opposed to just deriding everything that they've been involved in. I'm actually really happy for them. Like I, I got like kind of emotional listening to that interview where they were talking about like, we have a weird relation or at least Ewan McGregor was mostly talking. Hayden Christensen didn't say a whole lot, but like Ewan McGregor was like, I kind of had a weird relationship with star Wars because like we did it. It was very exciting at the time. And then people just kind of like hated it for a long time. But now what I'm realizing is that all the people who loved it are exactly the people that it mattered to, which is they're like, like kids, like kids were not writing reviews. Critics were the ones who were being shitty to us. And now mm-hmm. I'm meeting grown ups who were kids at the time who were like, no, I always loved those movies. They meant something to me. You know what I mean? And those are like the people our age now where it was like our first anticipation of a Star Wars movie. And I'm just glad for them that like 
the work they put into it and like what so, like what a lot of people are are sort of re-critiquing about those movies um is something that feels rewarding for them yeah so i guess i'm just happy yeah. it's happening whether i need it or not yeah i think it's i think it's fun i'm i'm enjoying it just fine yeah. i mean honestly star wars tv shows like they don't have to meet a high bar for me i'm like cool looking aliens <laughs> that's me with that's, star wars in general <laughs> i'm good. having fun great <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i'm not really looking for that much in it honestly so it was conceived cool... as like a fun space opera and i'm right. gonna continue to treat it that way for the rest there of was time a, a cool mole guy with like a cool mole nose that was moving around and he was also like kind of like a fascist <laughs> in an interesting way like i'm like i'm oh, here no. for this. this is interesting no but like in a way that's interesting like i think yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like well handled it's like cool alien design and a little bit of social commentary i love okay oh, great beautiful. that's you got it you hit it for me okay cool <laughs> i'm here for it man <laughs> beautiful beautiful i'm excited to get both of them obi-wan i'll get to sooner for sure because I yeah. still didn't see, see, I don't think I've seen season three of Stranger Things. So that'll be my, that'll, okay. that'll be a catch up binge all on its own probably before part two oh, comes interesting. out. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So Duran at the best Duran on Twitter asked, what's your ideal survivor location if they ever move out of Fiji? This is something, Derek, I don't even know if you knew this, um, but Survivor obviously used to go different places. If you ever look at the titles, it's like mm-hmm. Survivor Token Chain, Survivor Guatemala, whatever. For probably 10 years now, they've actually just stayed in one place because um, it's easier uh the weather's good and the show's not really th- it, it's not not about survival but they're not selling the show on like how hard can we make it because of the environment we're in so they just kind of like have a spot in fiji they have a good relationship with the country so it comes up every once in a while like should they still be in fiji i don't care so i'll start with like two locations that i don't actually want them to go to but i would absolutely like peek across realities just to see how it would have gone because there are two locations that we know survivor was going to go to and had to like pull out of for like legit reasons. And that's Tonga and Jordan. I don't actually want them to go there because those reasons were legitimate, but I would Hmm. like to just see the alternate realities of like, what would that have looked like? Cause like Jordan had the potential to like really tank the series. And I just think it would be interesting to see what happened. Cause that was in the era of like, this is a survival show. So every season let's go to somewhere harder and harder. And I think it would have killed the show. So I just think it'd be interesting to see. Um, Mm -hmm. But my actual answer, and I think a lot of people would not expect this or want this necessarily. My ideal survivor location is honestly for them to just take production out of other countries and put it in the United States. Like, I think survivor is beyond the point where we need to, use other locations as like a quote exotic locations and like steal and appropriate their culture in a way that's like not really that genuine anymore. Oh, um, yeah. And it sense. probably wasn't ever necessarily like there are some seasons of survivor that do a really good job of highlighting where they are. China stands out as an example, but China specifically said we will let you film here, but you have to do us justice. You know, like, like, he, like we have some, we have some asks of you to like feature um, our actual culture. Like you can't just steal our, our, our aesthetic basically. Um, and so for me, I think at this point, 40 some seasons in when the appeal of the show is not the location, when the location is not the 21st member of the cast, um, just put it in the United States um that we have plenty of places here that you could film a season of survivor that would have the same sort of uh impact and honestly i think there are things that you could do in the united states that wouldn't necessarily appropriate cultures in an inappropriate way and still highlight um cool places within the united states uh 
that would offer some of that variance. So if it were up to me, I think the ideal location would just to be filmed within the United States. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, and, and they could have done it uh, during the pandemic and just chose not to. There, there are international versions of Survivor that just opted to film in their own country. So like Australia yeah, has its own series and they were just like, let's just film here in Australia. Like, why no would you go? And really you're, it's, it's also fucking Australia, the most like dangerous right. place in the world. So why well, would yeah, you go? That's true too. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they weren't the only ones like other, other countries just decided like, fuck it. Let's like South Africa has a series and I'm pretty sure they just filmed in South Africa. You know, like there's sure. no reason the United States is huge. There are plenty of places they could film and it would still like meet the aesthetic or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you yeah, would have to have sense. like weird fake tiki shit all over the place. <laughs> god i hate that <laughs> it is it's like it you know it's, it's it's important to like examine your faves for being problematic and survivor has plenty of things still worth examining um mm-hmm. and the one thing i really wish they would just reckon with uh within their own property is like we can stop making tiki our aesthetic <laughs> yeah. i don't know maybe they source all of their stuff locally in which case okay fine yeah, but i, I do so. think there's a weird and this isn't new. This is a new. This is not a new thought. But um, it's uh, you know, it, it, we we don't need to like one exoticize all these other places where people live, and two have a show called Survivor in a place where people live just fine, and pretend that like if you drop people there, they would be fucked. You know? Yeah, I think that's it's kind manufactured. Of the we all know there, it's manufactured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I would have had a very different answer, you know, 10 years ago, but that's where I'm at now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, here's another question from Instagram. Ian Dort at alien Ian 77 asked if Godzilla was a little, little guy inside a bigger guy asking you out, would you say yes? Yes, of course. Now here's the thing for people <laughs> listening who might not understand what the context of this is because I'm, there is entirely possible that there's a whole swath of people who didn't listen to that one very particular spider woman episode where this joke began. And I don't know that it's come up on our podcast very often. It's just mostly, it's really just been my social media specifically. Because I never could have predict, I never could have predicted that that would have turned into like, um, a core element of your personality online. Look, who could predict anything? I love it for you. I just never, you know? Yeah. I love this discovery. So there's an episode of Spider-Woman. I forget what the episode number is, but it's the episode Games of Doom. Um, It's one of my favorite episodes of our podcast. Oh, Um, yeah. And like basically long story short the episode ends there's a little guy inside of a regular size guy who's like an android or whatever it's fucking bananas for and no we, reason for no reason and we absolutely lose our fucking shit talking about it because it, the deeper you go the less it makes sense and yep. it really truly is just like a little six inch man inside of a side of an android that's a regular size man and they both look exactly the same except once a regular one's a regular size guy and the other one's a little tiny guy who was inside of him like what the fuck does that yep. what um and it's great it's really I mean, the best it's, example of what i love about spider woman yeah it's the best episode of spider woman ever made one of the best episodes of tele- one of the best endings to an episode of television ever made in the history <laughs> of all media truly um truly one of the best and it's just i i don't know i just love it i've embraced it and now i'm seeing tiny guys inside of regular size guys everywhere across all yeah. things there's so many characters that are that it, there was a Power Rangers Zord that was a tiny guy inside of a regular tiny mm-hmm. Zord inside a regular size Zord. 
Daleks are basically tiny guys inside yeah. of regular size guys. Like they're just uh, all Men over. Men in the Black place. famously has a tiny guy inside a regular yeah. size guy. Men in Men in Black got the tiny guy inside a regular size guy. Exactly. Like it's all over the place. It's a trope that I didn't know existed, and now I see it constantly, <laughs> and it's my favorite thing in the world. I think it's great. Um, and Spider-Man I don't changed your life. It really did change my life. And 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 in the clip of it, I know has like gone around because there have been like it didn't go viral or anything, but like I know that there are people who has have commented on it that like don't know who we are. Like one of my friends retweeted it <laughs> or something, and then someone found it and then like sent it back to him. It was like, wow, this is so funny. And it's just like, yeah, that was Amazing. my friend's podcast. Um, so like it's it's great. It's just so fucking funny. And I think our one of our best podcasts moments was just our whole breakdown of that. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of, there are people who probably know me on Twitter that don't listen to the podcasts that have no fucking idea where it came from that embrace it. Anyway, there's some people who like, mm-hmm. think it's like a size difference kink thing, which like I'm not against, but that's not where it came from. It, it yeah. is very much the spider woman thing and it's the best. So, and I, I embrace anytime people bring it up or, like, you know, call back to it in, in conversation. I've had people find really creative ways to, to bring that up to me in replies to completely unrelated posts. And I love it every time. So keep it up. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 It's great. <laughs> Tiny guy inside <laughs> a regular size guy. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love it. Well, our, we've got a bunch of miscellaneous questions, which I love. Um, and I, I know exactly the answer to this first one for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, ben, yeah, Ben uh, Alif, Alif um, at Big Ben Alpha. Oh, it's probably Elf. Elf? Elif? I don't know. Uh, on Instagram. Asked, well, I thought Alpha was maybe going to give me a, a clue, but then I realized once I was saying it, it didn't. Definitely didn't. Um, asked on Instagram, <laughs> what is your favorite kitchen appliance? Uh, mine is my coffee grinder. It brings oh, me nothing but sense. joy. Yeah. Grinding coffee is a very nice feeling. Is it an electric one or do you hand hand? Oh, it's uh, an electric one. It? Yeah, me too. That's what I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if <laughs> I, you're I just sort of like a nice little much. workout in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, co- grinding coffee in what the morning you? is just very nice. Air fryer. Um, I know that's very. Um, oh, shit. I don't know if I knew you had an air fryer. Mm, oh, I feel like I've talked about it before. I it's Probably. it's 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 a it, it's one of those things. <laughs> I think it's like a stereotype too, where it's like people who well, have air fryers just fucking talk about their air fryers all the time. I was just gonna say, I'm glad you said it because I when I said I don't it know is if, a if, thing. if if uh, if I knew you had that and you're like I've probably talked about it. I almost immediately blurted out, yeah, actually, like if you do have one, you probably talk about it. It's like yeah. the age old like if you're vegan, everyone knows about it type yeah. of thing, but with air fryer, yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I really, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not for everyone or something, but like I, for me, it's like the types of things that I cook, it's like perfect for it. Like I, I can make French fries like from scratch very easily in that thing. Like, yeah. and, and it comes out great every time. And, um, and I guess pro- frozen French fries too. Like it, it, it's all better. Like it's all good, good shit. And just, I've, I've tried doing many things in it and it, more or less always works out. And if it doesn't work out, it's because I did something really stupid. So like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I like, I would, I will air fry literally anything. I yeah. Did, if, if there's a good recipe for it, I think it's great. I've thought about getting yeah. one many, many times and I know everybody with one would strongly encourage me to do so. Mm-hmm. Join, join us, Doug. One of join us. us. One join of us. us. Yeah. I think, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of like other ones that really, 
really do it for me. Um, I like I my crock pot a lot too. I, I, I like, um, I don't like my current rice cooker. I like my old rice cooker. So I'll probably replace this new one pretty quickly. Um, but I love a, I love a good rice cooker, like yeah. just a really effective, like I literally do not need to pay attention to you. Rice cooker. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. It's good. That's good. It's not an appliance, but I also do really like my iron skillet. Um, and it's just, and I'm not like one of those, I, you know, there, there are like weirdos out there who are like, like the Never air fire. Like a, yeah. Like the cult of skillets and shit. And some people are so weird about it. It's just like, it's like, it's so dumb. Like, why would you have, it's like so much, like it takes so much work to have one. It's like, no, it fucking doesn't. It's not that big of a deal. All y'all need to calm down. I just think it's, it's, I like it cause it's very old. It's like, it was my grandmother's skillet and I use it like I, I inherited it and I still use it just like pretty regularly. And I think it like looks cool and stuff cooks in it really well and occasion. And I do clean it, but, and I also will, you know, do the reseasoning thing, but it's not that hard to do. I don't know why people freak out about yeah. putting some oil in it and then it's like sticking in your oven for a little while. Like, why is that hard guys? I don't understand, but I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem difficult to me. <laughs> people, people are so fucking weird about that shit. Like, I'm like, what are you, are you, you, I think you're trying too hard or looking up some weird ass directions to do the simplest thing that people like during the great depression did just fine. So also uh, reseasoning <laughs> isn't even a thing that's exclusive to iron skillets. Like, yeah. I feel like if you've ever, uh, like worked in or, uh, been exposed to certain kitchen environments, like reseasoning certain appliance, like cooking implements or devices is like a pretty common thing. Yeah, I don't know. People are weird about that kind of stuff. And I mean, sometimes it's like a cultural thing, I think, too. But like for me, it's I mean, it does feel I know it's not a Southern thing, but it is like it does. It does feel like that for me just because it's such a common thing that I saw with people grow like everybody, every like old person growing up where I grew up <laughs> had their old yeah. burnt ass, sometimes rusty iron skillet that they cooked in, you know. Um, so I kind of like like that vibe of it and everything. So. Yeah, I don't know. I like it a lot, and I think it's a. It just like looks nice in my kitchen, just sitting on my stove sure. top all the time. Well, Merrily asks us a bunch of good miscellaneous questions. This is Merrily at Pepelon Valor. I forgot to ask how to say that. I think we did the same thing last time. <laughs> yep, I don't know. Um, Merrily's a former guest uh, on our show and always asks amazing questions. Yeah. So. Merrily sent. These. Yeah, so oh, some of these were actually left over from the last AMA we did because she sent a lot, um, and we don't we didn't get to all of them. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of them. Are we going to get to all of these today? We can try. I mean, Find what out. do you think? We'll depends see. on how long uh, some of our answers are. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's let's see what we can get through with these because they're all really good. <laughs> um, but some of these are going to be yep. hard. Uh, first question. This is going to be a hard one. I think if someone was making a scented candle of your essence, what would it smell like? Well, the essence is hard because if it was literally yeah. just like if you made a candle of what I smell like, I could tell you that mm-hmm. it's going to be some combination of like uh, like pine, old spice, juniper, eucalyptus and like ashwagandha. Like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's going to be what I'm sweating out at any given moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's usually literally like... what I smell like. Yeah, me it's usually like somewhere on the sandalwood spectrum. And yeah, some oh, other sandalwood spiced, is good. Some other spiced scents. Yeah, sometimes thrown in citrus. There, but always a sandalwood. Depending on uh, how I, yeah. how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, I like citrus stuff a lot too. 
Um, yeah, I tend for to the fall exactly thing. for the marketing that is like, you are a man and you should smell like this. But I just genuinely like really the way that good. stuff smells. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I usually go for that or I go for citrus stuff, which I guess is everything, yeah. right? It's either going to be a fruity smell or the like kind of yeah. pine sandalwoody type thing. So I guess I mm-hmm. like all scents. It's what it sounds like. I didn't realize that, but, uh, but definitely like I like spiced stuff a lot. Yeah. specifically my candle um, will not be floral i don't even i don't i don't like the smell of floral candles so that won't be in mine yeah i don't think floral would fit my essence either honestly like i don't it might know fit that my essence yeah you now think? that i'm thinking now that you asked that question i don't know what do you think because essence is different than what you literally smell like right yeah i think that's the question hmm i could see i don't know i don't know I see what you're Where thinking you with floral, but I don't know if I would say floral for you necessarily. I feel like something adjacent to that, but I don't think it would be exactly floral. I think I actually think like like a citrus thing would work for you, like some kind of like a like a fruity thing because it would be sort of like sort of like a nice pleasant sort of sweet smell with like a little, a little bit of an edge. I think that that fits you better <laughs> Punk than rock just a straight fruit. floral. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of serious, honestly. Like, I feel like that would kind of fit you, your essence. You know what I mean? I feel you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, For me, I don't know. It's I struggle with essence. Yeah. I feel like maybe something kind of earthy for me, like like an earthy like dirt mushroom kind of smell yeah. or something in no, no, a posi- no. hopefully in a positive way <laughs> no, no 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 i think that makes sense because the first thing i was thinking was wilderness but it's not specifically wilderness like i'm not thinking yeah. like it's not like it's not like oh mountain man building a log cabin thing even though i think you would enjoy that like i don't think that's yeah. what i'm thinking of I'm not, so i think that I you're wish, saying I, where it's more like earthy yeah, I would aspire to be the log, the man building a log cam- cabin in the woods, but I'm not. That's not who I am at my core. That's who I would aspire to be, but I'm, I'm yeah. never going to actually get to that point. Um, that's not oh, being can authentic. I, can I throw like old book into mine a little bit? Maybe fresh book. Ooh. Maybe not old book. Ooh. I don't think I, I, I don't think, think old good. book is my essence, but I think a fresh book is 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 sort of my essence. I think that sounds great. Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly you. I think that's yeah. real. I think that's yeah. real. No, I think that's really good. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, what about like, um, dirt and then like freshly cut grass? You think I so? Really, I really like, well, personally, Ooh. I really like that smell, but I also kind of just like, like that, whatever that vibe is. Yeah. I think there's like an invigorating vibe to it. And I think that yeah. that fits. I think, I think it would fit a sort of like, not hyper, but like energetic vibe. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is an interesting question. Yeah. And I also require you to answer it back merrily because I would love to know kind of your thought process behind uh, somebody's essence candle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can, can an essence smell like, (laughs) I was going to say, can an essence smell like ghost? (laughs) What does ectoplasm smell like? Can my essence be... Um, um, well, but I don't, I don't necessarily like, well, ectoplasm's kind of cool sometimes. I think a ghost, I, I if I had, if, I think a ghost would like smell dry, like wispy sort of like, um, ghostiness as opposed to like, uh, hmm. like a more ghostbustery type, ect- but, but some ectoplasm's sure. fucking rad as hell. 
Yeah, but you know? I see what you're saying though. Like, like anytime like a real, lighter. like a, a sort of live actiony looking movie does like ectoplasm coming out of the mouth, that always looks rad. But I'm thinking more lines of like ghostiness, um, mm. maybe a little bit of moon dust. Um, Ooh, yeah, you know, I don't know what those smell like, but I know that's I know that's the trouble is that like. you're you're coming you're coming up with great essences that like absolutely do not have a <laughs> don't correlating have an smell. <laughs> like my first thought for a like wispy ghost is like I don't know linen scent. Like I don't. Know. Ooh, I'm not mad at that. I am not. I love the smell of because like, it's sort of like oh, a, a light a light airy kind of scent yeah. is what it makes you think, I think of. This like kind I guess of that's kind of ghosts. Well, yeah. here's the, th- the 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 danger is: am I going to smell musty? Because I was thinking, like, if if That's my essence is like ghosts. fresh linens, or not even fresh, I don't know, ghosts maybe not be fresh. That's the problem, right? Is like right. if you put linens, books, moon dust, <laughs> like that just sounds what the like fuck does moon an dust old house. Like it just probably smells like dry ass dirt or dust or something. Yeah, not like the good earthy dirt you're talking about, but like yeah. the shit I'm that makes you sneeze. Dirt. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think I want this. I think I'll stick to like what you were talking about, which is like maybe a light, light, maybe light, um, uh, fruit or floral specifically from like a fruit tree with like fresh books. Um, and, uh, maybe a little bit of linen in there, <laughs> I like that. but like good linens, not like yeah. old dusty, crusty linens. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I feel like I'd also smell a little bit like garlic too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but that just like feels right. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm going to be thinking about f- that for the rest of time. Yeah. That's a great, and, and it's sort of like people that question now too. Well, and then it's, and it's also sort of like, that's a combination of smells. Like would that combination go well together? Like, I right. wonder, like if you actually smelled that candle, if that yeah. was made, like, would that even work? Or would that be the most disgusting candle ever? Which might, you know, yeah. fit like people are, people are messy and like our essences are like, you know, our personalities and everything like elements of us maybe mm-hmm. would clash. Maybe that's more true to life. If you're, if your scented candle of your essence, like doesn't actually smell that pleasant. Yeah. But like, that's because, you know, humans are imperfect creatures. Yeah. Oh, such a good one. Yeah. Such a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking of things and some of them end up being like weird. So I, we should move on, but yeah, we should uh, move on. What a good, what a good question. Yeah. This is right, kind of really, along the same line of like senses, like representing yeah, things. I feel, I feel worse at this. I feel like I don't want anyone to stop asking these questions, especially cause I know um, you're really good at answering these questions, but I feel like these AMAs have taught me that like, I am not good at um, like uh, like food based questions. I don't think because this one mm. is describe your ideal Wonka three course dinner chewing gum, and I feel like that the thing with the three course chewing gum or, or this question is like I think it's 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 um it's like well I, I mean I guess your ideal it's sort of along the same lines as like what would you like your last meal to be or what's your favorite meal and mm. I just struggle with this like do you have a, a direction you would immediately go in for this. Three course. Like I don't know what I would pick as like my three course meal that I would sell as like this is Doug's three course meal gum. Yeah, I don't know. I think what like an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. Is that how that works? Yeah, I mean, side an entree. Well, that's I don't know. I think I mean you can take it. You know how she said dinner specifically, Um, and I think the in in the Wonka movie i don't remember if it's in the book too but at least in the movie it's like isn't it like turkey dinner or something like that so it's like so it's like or am i confusing it with but something it else with, actually no 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 because no, it ends with, no, it ends with like 
blueberry or something like that. No, she turns into a blueberry. She turns into a blueberry. <laughs> but that would make sense, right? Is it blue? Does it end with blueberry pie? I don't fucking maybe. Wow, it turns out I've actually it's actually been a very long time since I saw that movie. I'm realizing. But isn't it like like turkey and then there's mashed potatoes and gravy or something and then there's also a dessert or something? I don't know. We can make it whatever we want. So, um. I guess it could be appetizer, main entree, and dessert is just the easiest way to like focus it in. That's probably what she's thinking for dinner. Um, sure. Appetizer. Oh my god. Oh, I'm just gonna think of what my favorite. Oh god. Of each tomato of those things soup are. was part of it. Gross. It was tomato soup. I think roast beef, or or a roast and like blueberry pie. That sounds vile. But you're not getting it at the same time, though, is the thing, I think, is the thing. Like, you no, chew the gum and you start getting it and it's like, oh, that's the taste. Oh, now the next course is coming. So. OK, good. It, good call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. My appetizer. Like, my mind is going to like cheese fries. <laughs> but that's I don't. <laughs> is that my favorite appetizer? Because like, that's like more of a side than an appetizer. I don't know if I'm going to go with favorite. I think I'm going to go with things I really, really like that I think would make a pleasant experience. Mm, but that maybe is so a better hard idea. For me. But because here's my thing. I, I Cornbread is like my favorite food. That That is the thing mm. I can confidently say. Like cornbread is my favorite food. I love it in like every form. I just I just love it. So like I think I would go with cornbread. But then I'm thinking like I know you don't taste them all at the same time. But I would want a pleasant experience. So then I'm thinking like okay. I could do like some sort of like um uh like um like if if I do like a burger with like pepper jack and like a jalapeno jelly or something like that um and then like end with like a raspberry pie or something like I feel like that whole that whole like journey works really well for me. Okay. No, you I know? like that. Well, and also I guess considering like what's actually going to taste good in gum form too like because some there's some foods where it's sort of like it's all about the texture but it's sort of like if you just distilled the flavor into a gum even if it's like a savory gum it's going to be weird but like would it be appealing to have if you could like make it work i think cheese sweet cornbread then (laughs) yeah that's a great that's a that's a good one that's a good one because that's a good that's like a good specific flavor um I would go appetizer cheese fries because you can just salty cheese and like kind of potato flavor. You can yeah, make that yeah. work. Um, the entree will be like uh, some kind of pasta dinner, maybe like, um, oh. ooh, no, manicotti. Because then you can, <gasps> if, you can, if you can think of like a creamy ricotta and a pasta flavor and a good like pasta sauce, like marinara sauce, I think mm-hmm. you, those are all really good flavors that you can make work. And then for dessert, um, Mm, do I want to stick with the Italian vibe and do just a cannoli? That actually sounds really good. I'm going to do. Yeah, a I know cannoli. the dessert cannoli, is the one thing I'm sort of dessert. questioning. Because I could, I you, it would be easy to do it because it goes with spicy stuff. But I think you could yeah. do something else there. Like if you did you could, something that was like, um, sort of like a something that was like a cayenne chocolate type thing. I could, I could Ooh, carry that sort that of like goods, good, like kind of um, like spice journey. You know, I like that idea. Yeah. But I love good. the idea of a cannoli. I mean, there there should just be cannoli fav- flavored gum. <laughs> like that should just exist. I'm here for it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that yeah. sounds great. <laughs> Damn. Thanks, Marilyn. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> um, what about this question? Oh god, What's... this is the worst kind of question you can ask me specifically. I don't know if I have, I'm going to have an answer for it either. What's something from SAT prep you still remember for some reason? I was very bad at my SATs. Um. um 
I, I was very good at standardized testing. The problem mm. is my first reaction to this was like, I didn't take SAT prep. And then I was like, yeah, I did. I would have been required to. So I genuinely don't even remember doing it. <laughs> mm. um, but here, I know I had to have done it because we had to take SATs and we had to take a, a prep course, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll even say I took the GRE. I almost said GED. It's it is GRE, right? The grad school test. Is it GRE? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I took that uh maybe like six years ago or something, and I don't and, and did all the prep and everything for that. I did good on the writing and did horrible on the math. Um I don't remember even my prep from that. So there's probably like words and stuff that I learned from the SAT prep, but I don't remember that I specifically learned them from the SAT prep is the thing I, mm-hmm. I like, I am, I am positive that there are things that probably did stick in my brain from it, but I don't, I never made an association with the SATs from that. Like, I don't remember that being the thing from the SATs. I remember the classroom that I sat in for the SAT at the, at the school that wasn't mine. It was some other school that I went oh, to yeah, for them. And I remember, I very like, much remember that. The, how cold it was. And I remember like what it felt like in there and how quiet it was. I remember all that stuff specifically, but, Anything from the test or the prep, God, not in my head yeah. anymore. No, I just blacked out, took my standardized test, uh, did surprisingly well to everyone involved, and then got out of there. So, yeah, uh, I we don't remember shit from the SATs, it sounds like. Basically. So, basically. Cool. Um, so, Marilee also asked, if you could ask any dead historical figure one question and get a guaranteed true answer, who would you ask? And what would you want to know? Uh, this is I, hard. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I never I know. know. Like when people are like, "Who? What historical figure would you want to like sit down and have dinner with?" It's like kind of the same question, you know. And I just no. never know. I never know. I mean, the the big nice thing here is like you're guaranteed a true answer. I feel like that puts you in a direction. But what do I want to know? Like, I, who's a historical figure that I'm just like. I want to know what you really meant, you know? Um, God, I don't, I don't know. I also think we tend to think of historical as political, but it doesn't have to be that. It's just somebody dead who is like probably not recent. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 For sure. It can be any, literally anybody. We could always skip this one and like save it for another time and think yeah. about a better answer. Yeah, we can we think have about it and revisit it. I have no, yeah, yeah, we could totally do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's skip it. We'll revisit that in another AMA because this is a one cool. that I would want to actually put my think about for a long time. Yeah. This is a simpler question. What's your favorite dumb joke? <laughs> my favorite one is what did the tomato say to the other tomato? Uh-huh. Catch up. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, I don't know if I have a, I I actually really like the seven, eight, nine one. That's always tickled me. That's a very good, it's Uh, a good, it's a well-constructed joke. It's an incredibly well-constructed joke. (laughs) Oh, oh God. Hold on. I need to look up the, um, what's the, what's the, what's the, the children's, the children's joke that's about the tiger. Fuck. I need to find it. I have no idea. I love that joke. Well, I can't say it's my favorite because I don't fucking remember what it is, but every time (laughs) I see it, I laugh so hard. Tiger kids joke. I'm 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 so excited, especially if it's one I've never heard. This is going to be delightful. Oh God, please help, let me find it. <laughs> I bet I won't be able to. I will shout out. Uh, I I love love uh, the Drawfee show on YouTube and their Drawfee streams, and I love every dumb joke that Julia tells on that show. And anybody who watches the show, I feel like knows exactly what I'm talking about. They're all 
horrible. But like after two seconds, you're like, I get what you were going for. And you just appreciate it because she she went through like eight different hoops to get there. And it's a delight. <laughs> so oh, she's my know, favorite dumb joke teller. <laughs> I love that. Actually, it's not a joke. That's the problem. It's a poem. And I was I think I think uh, there was there is like a, a Twitter account that's like children's jokes that have funny ones on there. And I was just oh conflating my God. it with that. Those are really funny. Those are um, always funny because half of them, if not like there's nonsense. 90% of them are nonsense. That's what I like about them. I think there might be a tiger one uh, that I'm thinking of that I've seen. But what I w- but what was stuck in my head was the poem that's just from a six-year-old uh, called The Tiger. That's The Tiger. He destroyed his cage. Yes. Yes. The tiger is out. <laughs> I think that that might be my it's favorite great. poem of all time. It's actually. good. It's good. Yeah, I like it. So, not the answer to the question. I thought I was thinking of a joke, but you got you got the the, the ketchup joke. There you go, the Your ketchup joke, poem. and you got my got my favorite poem thrown in there too. <laughs> I love that. I especially appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is actually kind of funny because this is relevant to me playing Chrono Cross. Merrily oh, also yeah. asked, "What would you do if you transformed into a house cat for twenty four hours?" You know, it's funny. Sleep. Because, I mean, that's probably the realistic answer, right? Is like, yeah. I'd sleep for 18 straight hours. But what's funny about it is, like, I'd probably just do all the things my cat does that annoy me because I would get it. I'd be like, yeah, I'd probably try to get out of my apartment, too, because you keep me here all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'd probably just do all that. I'd probably, like, claw at the screen and meow under the front door and, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, climb on shit I'm not supposed to because I'd be bored. And it makes me wonder if I don't give my cat enough stimuli. <laughs> It would enjoy jumping around and having fun, just like jumping places, oh my like God. getting as high as possible. So high, really fun. Yeah, I'd also wiggle my butt and pounce. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't do anything special. I would literally just chill out and then jump high on things and sleep, probably, because that sounds yeah. like a blast, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'd smell so many things. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, oh, be pretty pretty good day. I think. I think so too. <laughs> I like this question. Um, Marilee said, how good are you at growing plants? Bad. I, I, I wish I knew better, but I can't keep plants in my apartment because my fucking cat tries to eat all of them. Um, mm. So if I were to have plants, I would have to hang them all, uh, which I am too lazy to do. But I am considering getting some plants to put in my, or to put on my desk at work because now I have a place where I can put them that nice. he will not get to. So we'll find out. And I'll report nice. back. Um, she also asked, what's one that you would like to have in the future or one that you're struggling to have thrive now? Well, it sounds like you're struggling, Derek, to have any thrive. I haven't tried in a long time, <laughs> though, to be fair. I think I, I've thought about just like trying again to see what yeah. I can do. Um, I mean, I have cats, too. So like that's that's always going to be like kind of an issue is like getting plants that aren't going to hurt them. They're not going to yep. bother or whatever. Um, I, it's been a long time since I've tried and I'm definitely more responsible and attentive to things now that I think the last time that I had plants. So like I might be better at it now. And there's plenty of like apps and places you can go to like get advice and stuff. And I Mm -hmm. know I have friends now that have gotten very good at at raising plants. So I think that I would have like support and stuff. It's not like I'm like having a child. Like I, 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 but you know, I would, I know that I would have more resources and stuff and I would probably be better at it than I was. So I'll probably try again at some point, but it's not a thing that's in my like, super near future that I've yeah. actually like seriously thought about or anything. I would love to have lots of plants. When I first, uh, when I first moved into the apartment I have now, I had grand 
grand notions that I would have a very plant-filled apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the two attempts I brought or had the two attempts I made to bring even a single plant in resulted in my cat spending the entirety of his w- awake time trying to get to it um, or eat it. So uh, those notions were dashed very quickly. Um, and I know there are like there are um, like pet safe plants, but like I don't want to have plants that are just like chewed the fuck up you know uh mm-hmm. so i don't know we'll see but but I, I as far as like what types of plants i would like i don't know enough about plants because i haven't been able to uh they haven't been able to survive my my cat to know exactly what they are i do love succulents just in general i think they look rad as They're hell so fucking cool um yeah and so i like a lot of those i know there are more than just the sort of like cool geometric succulents out there but um, I tend to like I tend to like a lot of those because they are sort of thick and glossy and they tend to have a really cool aesthetic to them. But I don't know. I, I I'm hoping to have a plant journey at work. I love that for you. I'm excited yeah. to see how that goes. Man, me too. Can I tell you a plant story real quick? <laughs> Go for when it. When we were in third grade, uh, I don't remember what the thing was, but like we all got trees. We all got a tree, um, and so we got like a <laughs> wow. little like. It was a, just a big bucket full of dirt, and there was a, a tree starter or something in each one, and we didn't know what tree we were going to get. We knew that there were certain possibilities for certain trees, um, and I think like after a certain point in time, like whoever gave them to us like told us, like, oh, it's this kind of tree or whatever. So it was like kind of a mystery, but then it wasn't. I found out that my tree was going to be a crabapple tree, and I was like pissed about it. I was like, a crabapple tree? That's bullshit. <laughs> Um, but then my tree ended up not growing properly along with like a few oh, other no. people. Cause that was always a risk. And yeah. so the three of us got like replacement trees and I got a uh, tulip tree, I think is what ooh. it's called. And I was like, I have the coolest tree now. And it's all because oh, wait. the tree I hated, uh, was, uh, wouldn't grow. <laughs> that's so funny. First of all, when you said tulip tree, I was like, Oh, it's going to be covered in tulips. And I was like, wait, no, that's no. Not how tulips grow. <laughs> so wait. So, okay. That's just the name. It's just but a anyway, tree. Cool. It has really cool, yeah. cool shaped leaves or whatever. Um, and so I went through a whole journey of like hating my tree. I probably mm-hmm. gave it the wrong energy and killed it. Um, and then got like a cool replacement tree and was like, gotcha. now I'm stunting on all you with my cool tulip tree. Didn't realize you had so much hatred for crab apple trees. I don't anymore. <laughs> I like crab apple trees now. I really <laughs> yeah, want to make, cool. I want to make baked goods with crab apples, but I keep, yeah, it's, there's kind of a small window. I feel like where you got to get the crab apples and I always fail. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Well, Doug, yeah. What's your least favorite chore to do around the house, and why? Um. Ooh, uh, I think probably currently my least favorite chore is laundry, just because I don't have in apartment laundry. Oh, that sucks. Uh, but I don't inherently hate laundry. I think it's just like my current situation, you know? Yeah, no, that's the blows. But I don't, there aren't a lot of chores I, I hate a whole lot. So that's probably the top of the list. I think if that weren't the case, maybe I would say dishes, but I don't hate doing dishes. I just, I get tired of doing them very quickly if I let mm-hmm. them pile up. Makes sense. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I like a lot of other chores. I like vacuuming and sweeping. I like those a lot. Um I like dusting. Uh, they're they're all like yeah. really tangible things you can see making a difference. I honestly don't even mind like cleaning a bathroom. I feel like that's a lot of people's least favorite. Yeah. I don't mind it. Probably because I'm the only one who uses my bathroom. Right, right. Um I yeah, yeah I'm I'm very similar to that because I kind of I actually enjoy cleaning. <laughs> like I think it's a very like meditative experience for me. So most of the time and I'm lucky that I have a dishwasher and two 
in apartment washer and dryer. So like, yeah, I don't have any, time. like that cuts out a lot of effort. Ooh. So, you know, I thought of what one. go for it. Cleaning out a fridge, like actually cleaning a fridge. Oh, I do yeah, not that's enjoy. A, that's a good, that's a, that is a good one. That's a it's very a pain good in one. the ass. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And it can be like gross in certain situations. I mean, if you keep, if you keep your fridge neat and you don't let shit like get old and shit in there, it's yeah. fine. Well, it's not, but even, it's still not fun. I mean, that part sucks. Um, especially if you share a fridge with anybody, like uh, you're more yeah. likely to run into that. But even when I, I keep mine pretty good, cause I kind of have a bachelor fridge. Like it's, it's just me, you know? Sure, so yeah. I only ever have enough food for like myself for X number of days or whatever. But even considering that, like, even keeping up with my fridge, it's just a pain in the ass to clean. Mm-hmm. And like, if you want to do a full clean of it, like what are you supposed to do? Move everything around, cycle things around, take everything out. Like there's no like good, easy, not stupid way to do it. You know, it's like either yeah. I'm going to move everything to like eight different places in my fridge while I clean everything out. And then you have to have the fridge open for a period of time longer than you want to. Then yeah. you get to cleaning the the freezer sucks. <laughs> Like, yeah it's just i don't like it that reminds me that i need to do that soon yeah. <laughs> i don't do it very often i mean i'm but, sure uh, i do too know. for that very reason yeah yeah i don't do it very often yeah that's a, that is a good one because that's not one that comes up but it's never enough fun and that's the one that i put off more than anything else yeah um that and and i guess like when i have to do a full change of cat litter which isn't a bad experience or anything but like it's not the fun kind of cleaning like yeah especially and i have two litter boxes because i have two cats um and so you know it's like just dealing with like jumping jumping dumping all of it out and 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 replacing it and obviously if i'm replacing all the litter it's because it's like you know gotten to a point when it's old and a little smelly and gross and that's never fun and you know even with the low dust litters and stuff there's still a little bit of dust that's annoying Mm -hmm. um and so I, yeah. no matter what, no matter how many liners you put in there, you just never know when they're going to like puncture through it one day. And you're like, fuck, now I have to clean this whole thing because you freaking punctured through your stupid yeah. liner. Oh, I can't do, <laughs> I, I had, I, I'm not, I can't do liner cause they just start scratching at it and destroy oh. it. Whenever, whenever. So I haven't, I haven't done liner in years. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I use pretty litter and that litter is it, it is very absorbent and and pretty like good like when i dump it out like i don't i don't i don't do a deep clean of the litter box every single time i change it out because i don't really like need to sure it's just kind of a layer of dust or whatever yeah, that, yeah. you know it's fine um so it's not that bad that's but good. it's still that's definitely the best litter that i've ever used please sponsor us pretty litter 20 <laughs> percent off with code walloping web snappers we know that you sponsor places i'll yeah. do a live read <laughs> <laughs> I think we landed on some good ones. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Ooh, I like this. I like this. Uh, I know my answer, and I think people who are completionists of Walloping Web Snappers, or just our podcast, because I don't yeah. remember when I talked about it, know my answer. I know what your answer is, yeah. too, I bet. If you could solve one famously unsolved mystery, like what happened to the Amber Room or D.B. Cooper, what would you pick and why? Amelia Earhart. God, I yeah, just want to know what happened. I want to know what happened. If you if you didn't hear me talk about this, I don't talk about it a lot, but I'm fascinated by Amelia Earhart. One, just the person. She's cool as hell. But two, what fucking happened? Where did she go? I know there are very good theories, but no one knows for sure. And I just want to know. 
<laughs> I just want to know. Most unsolved mysteries, I think, are fun because they're unsolved, yeah. and I think that's part of the fun. But I want to know what happened to Amelia Earhart. I, 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 I would, I, I sleep fine, but I would sleep so much better if I knew. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like there's a story. There's a story that yes. continued after that. Yes. Yeah. Where'd she go? Did she just die? Did she live somewhere? Like what? Again, I know the theories, but like I want to know. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, that's a really good answer. I can't think of a really specific one. I feel like all the ones that I'm most fascinated in are like alien abduction stories. Ooh. Like picking out maybe the most the most baffling or one of the mm-hmm. most famous ones and just knowing what really happened. Because um, no matter what, you know, no matter what the answer is, it's going to be interesting if, you know, especially if it's like a really huge, bizarre one or something. Yeah, that's that's like more aligned with my general interests, right? So like mm-hmm. I would be thrilled to know any of those, but I just, I think even as a kid, I thought... Uh, Amelia Hart was fascinating, but the 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 alien stuff is good. That's a really really good answer. Yeah, because that's I wish the type I could... of stuff that we we can have answers to. I, I yeah. there's no reason we shouldn't have answers to a lot of those questions. Yeah, I wish I could think of a really. There's like one I don't remember. I don't remember enough of it now, but there was like a couple or like an older couple from I think maybe the fifties or something like that uh-huh. that had a weird experience that was pretty wild, but I don't remember any of the details from oh. it. Um, but it's a it's a famous one. That'd be good. Um, but I, I would I would love to know something one of those weird ones that you yeah. know it's like too late to ever get any answers for. If anybody knows a really good book about uh alien encounters or U- like alleged UFO sightings that isn't, for lack of a better term, like totally fucking weird, please let me know. Because all the yeah. ones I find end up being like, this isn't what I want. I just want like good stories. <laughs> My boss told me about one that she read recently. I'll oh yeah, to see which one that was and recommend okay, it good, to you. Good. Yeah, I found a couple. Like the the library I worked in previously, like had books about UFO encounters, but they were all the kind that like I wasn't interested in. Where it was like, I don't need you sure. to convince me of anything. I just want to know the story. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that question. That's a great question. Um, this is a fun question too. We're still on Marilee's questions. Yeah. Um, all of these are all of these have been so good, such good conversation starters. Oh yeah. Um, this one's a nice one too. What is a hobby that you would like to get into, uh, but haven't gotten around to yet? Um, I have some that I've been. Oh, let me think. Let me think. I've I've wanted to do like more actual like hiking, like. I go on walks and I have, I do little hikes places. Like I went, you know, I I went on a little tiny mini hike on a tiny sliver of the Appalachian trail last weekend. And that's the first time I've hiked anything significantly (laughs) uphill in like, I don't know, a year or something. I would like to, anytime I have ever done like actual, like hefty hikes, you know, where that you really have to prepare for, that's going to take all day or days potentially. Um, I, I always enjoy it. Like, you know, that's not a thing that's for everybody, but like, that is a thing that I, I I really like a lot, even when it's like really challenging and exhausting, mm-hmm. and like maybe even when it's like miserable for a portion of it, it still ends up being really rewarding by the end of it or or, or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I I've I've it's been in my like plans to do that more consistently, um, and like actually make that like a hobby where like I start getting more knowledgeable on like what's out there in my area because there's plenty of stuff 
not far from me. Like just because of where I live in yeah. Virginia, there's lots of great opportunities for great hiking and there's great ways to like research that and stuff. I just haven't done that. And just to get better at it and get better, like stuff to bring with me and get better endurance and everything. Um, Cause all of those experiences are always going to be really cool. And just, it's an easy way to like see cool things and have cool experiences. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, the only time I ever did something like that was I went on like a wilderness retreat is what it was called. And we hiked, um, up, a I like a relatively small, obviously mountain cause it was an Appalachian mountain, but even among the Appalachian mountains, it was like a mm-hmm. pretty small one. Um, in like, I think it's called Monongahela national park forest, something like that. That's the closest I did. I also just realized Derek, if you and I ever have life crises at the exact same time, we could like start at different points on like an app like a one of the large Appalachian trails and just like mm-hmm. meet <laughs> that's awesome. we're kind I mean, of like on opposite ends of Appalachia like the Appalachian yeah. range that's so cool <laughs> I mean genuinely when I was hiking it last weekend I was like I want to make this a goal yeah. to like actually do I don't think I can hike the whole Appalachian trail because that thing's fucking huge but well, like a big portion of it like yeah. where you're where you're actually camping out there overnight and like maybe doing it for like a week or something like that like that is a thing you have to work up to but like like I, when I was when I was hiking like I passed a couple some people that were camping and, like I passed a guy while I was re- like resting and he was like oh hey you know how's it going uh where where are you headed to and I was like like oh to to my car because i'm only doing this for like a, a day yeah um and he's like oh and then, and then i passed him later and he was literally setting up camp mm-hmm. somewhere and i'm like that's so fucking cool yeah and i've done variations of that before like when i was younger and stuff but i haven't i haven't done like i haven't actually gone camping in that way as an adult and i i know there was a portion of my life when i would have hated it i'm at a point in my life where i think i would really enjoy it and really get a lot out of the experience i just need to like work up to the point when i feel confident in like being out in the wilderness for days at a time which you do have to kind of work up to i would love it alone or with like a a, with one or two other people like but probably alone like i think it would be like you said just really rewarding to do i Mm -hmm. had a i had a student one of the challenges with something like that is like you need to be able to accommodate it in your life i had um a student who after they graduated went on like like a months long hike. Like they did a massive, massive hike. And I, I think the only reason they really were kind of able to do it is like they secured a job, but also were able to say like, I can't start until this date because I am planning to do this hike. And it was, it was just perfectly timed that like graduation, massive hike job start, you know, like later that year or something like, it's just a really hard thing to plan for. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. That's why I don't think that I could do, a month long hike thing. And like, I would miss my cats too much for that. I can't be gone for that long. (laughs) So even if I had like had, had, I could, I probably could find some way to work it out where I was gone for a month from my job. If I, if I, if I really wanted to, I think I could actually make that work with the job that I have. Um, where I could, I could find some way to plan that in advance, but I don't think I would want to do that. I feel like a week max doing that might be for me, but I don't know. We'll see where I am years down the line. Once I've like, actually had more experiences with that that is like a real like actual tangible goal that i have you know the thing i would be most intrigued by yeah um is going on a month-long hike where you do not have access to the internet or the news and coming back and having somebody give you the download oh man because that thing is like nowadays like Uh if you picked the wrong week Uh uh-huh 
everything thing, could change. That's I know it could it could literally be a week. It wouldn't even have to be a month. Like, but that's yeah. one of the things I'm most fascinated about. Like when you go on a reality competition or any reality show, like when you're in sequester, like that's your reality. Like yeah. people on Big Brother who make it to the end are away from the news for three months. Can you imagine everything that happens in three months? Can't. Holy no, shit! Wild and like. I just even yeah even getting a, a week two or a month of that but but not because you're stuck in a house but because you're out in nature like that would be life changing. Mm-hmm. I think it would be life changing. It would. I feel I I don't know that I could come back from that and be on Twitter every day. No, I think that that would actually be like a net positive yeah. for my psyche and the yeah. way that I operate and live life from yeah. there on out. For sure. Yeah. With no exaggeration. Like I yeah. think that would yeah. Um, that's, that's a goal. So that's a goal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I that, it's a really good one. My, my thought was I actually, one thing I just genuinely really would like to be able to do that I think would be more of a hobby than anything serious, but I think I, I would get into it if I were doing it. I'd really like to be able to make clothes. I would like to be able to make, Ooh, uh, yeah. my own clothing. Love that. Um, and I know that I have multiple resources who could teach me how to do that. It's just a matter of like one, um, putting in the time to be able to do it. Um, and to getting good enough that I would actually be able to wear things I make, you know what I mean? I'd love to be able to make my own shirts. That's my big goal is be able to make my own shirts. <laughs> uh, but if I can, if I can move beyond that, I think it would be a really fun and rewarding thing to be yeah. good at. I mean, the idea of making clothes that like fit you perfectly, exactly yes. how you want them to fit. Like yes. that's, that's the dream. Right. Well, and <laughs> like you wouldn't, like, if you think about it, the, all the clothes we wear now, except for people who can make their own clothes, all the clothes we, we wear now because we're shopping somewhere are dictated by what's available, not by what you're actually yeah. looking for or want. Right. So even if it's just a matter of like, I actually would prefer that a shirt fit this way or look mm-hmm. this way. It doesn't even have to fit a certain way. Just like, I think it would be neat to have a shirt that is longer or uh has seams here or whatever like you could just decide what clothes look like in a way that is currently not accessible to me you know like i just think that would be fucking rad that's really funny you could get away i think with like i say get away with but like if you also can tell people you made it then i think people immediately just like oh okay cool like you know i feel like it's less weird to have a quote weird garment if you made it yourself because they know that you made it exactly the way you wanted it yeah, it's it's so funny that you brought that up because that's been a thing literally in the last like couple of weeks that I've been sort of grappling with a lot is that I, like I want to go through my clothes and I'm sort of like starting. You, do you ever do you ever just like reach a point where you're sort of like, I feel like the phase that I was in when I was wearing these kinds of clothes, I feel like I'm done with that now. And I want and I feel like I'm I'm at a point when I want to wear something different than what I've been wearing. Like, do you ever get have. to that yeah, threshold? Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've done this. I just I, kind of at that threshold now. And I'm sort of like the way that I bought a lot of these like shirts that mm-hmm. fit me a certain way that I felt really comfortable in that. I just like have stopped feeling comfortable in now and nothing has changed about me really it's just been gradual incremental getting older types of things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like things that my favorite shirts now just like don't fit me in the same way or they fit me literally objectively the same way that they did a year ago. But like, don't feel as comfortable on me as they used to. And I just feel like I'm ready for like something different now. No, I, Um, I very much identify with this. I've done it before and I feel like I'm currently also trying to figure out what my next thing, like my next most comfortable uh, thing is. And, and, and I, I get what you're talking about. Cause it's not, it's not necessarily just like fashion, right? Because yeah. like that is a natural thing that's just going to happen based on what's available to you. It's literally, I think, for me, and it sounds like for you, just like, what do I feel most authentic in, yeah. I think? 
um, for me at one point it was, I, I literally got rid of like all of my t-shirts and a number of like my pants and whatnot, and just went out and was like, I am just going to simplify everything I wear. Like, it, mm-hmm. and it, it just, it felt right for me, like, uh, in a number of ways. Like I, it's weird to say like spiritually, but like, I think that's accurate. Like it just felt like right with my spirit to be like, you know what? I'm just going to simplify everything I wear. I'm going to like, um, kind of stick with this very specific, um, I guess vibe or whatever. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm kind of at that point again. Um, yeah. and I'm, I think I'm running into a difficult place because whatever it is I'm feeling, I'm not, I'm not getting that reciprocated from the clothes that I'm able to access through shopping. So I think I've yeah. been thinking even more about like, I wish I could just make my own clothes. Right. Um, I think that would be such a game changer for a lot of people. Cause even if it is just like you're talking about, like my shirts literally fit the same way, but I want something different. You'd have the ability to like experiment and, and literally put on the garment and be like, yes, this is, this yeah. is the feeling. This or is even it, like being you know? good at like mending and like tailoring what you already have too. Oh, that would be massive. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would like, I would benefit just from that alone. Cause there's a lot of things that I like. I just like wish it fit me differently. And like just being able to sort of know the best way to, to, to fit it to yeah. you would be great. Yeah. I'm also at the point where I'm like, I, I like I like clothes and I like wearing clothes, but I don't like, I just want all my clothes at this point to be comfortable. Like I just want them to be, and I don't mean necessarily like, like you're talking about like physical fit or whatever. It's just like, I don't even care necessarily what I look or how I present to the world. I just want to like feel as comfortable as possible. And I feel like that's my current like quote fashion or I guess anti-fashion goal. Yeah. Well, and like confident too, I think it's a big yeah. thing for me. Like, what do I feel confident in? And it's going to really, and like, sometimes it maybe lines up with a particular fashion trend or a particular aesthetic. And other times it is literally like how tight or not tight a particular shirt is. And like, you know, so it's, and it's, it's funny. Cause like, I, I feel like I encounter some people where like, it doesn't like none of that does matter to them at all. It's just like, I wear a t-shirt that's my size and jeans that are my size. Sure. That's it. And I, and it's, and, and I feel like there's periods where I'm like that when I don't give a shit. And it's not so much that I like care deeply. It's more just like, I just don't, I just know that I'm not feeling my most like confident with what I'm wearing right now. And I don't, I don't get excited to put on an outfit anymore, yeah. you know? Um, and I want to actually feel like, oh, I'm excited to put this on because I know I'm going to look and feel good in this. You know what it is for me? Do you know that feeling when you go outside and the temperature is exactly at the point where you like, it's not, it's not warm and it's not cool. It's just like, you just exist in a state of like, the temperature almost feels like it doesn't exist. Yeah. That's the feeling I want to get from my clothes. I love that. Which yeah. isn't to say like, I want to not wear clothes. I just want it to be like a thing that I'm effectively not conscious about but feel totally comfortable in you know yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah i like that we're both having a journey right now yeah that's so funny (laughs) it felt good to like talk about that because it's a thing that's been like bothering me i'm just like i'm gonna just just, like buy a whole new wardrobe or something like what's the fuck's going on but like it's it's a normal i'm glad that it's like I think it could a be a thing worth that it. Of, that people go through. You I think know? if it's yeah. a thing that you can like afford, if it's like the type of change you can afford to make in your life, and I don't even literally yeah. mean like monetarily, although I know for some people that's like a big factor. If it's yeah. just a thing you can afford to do circumstantially and potentially monetarily, like I do think it's worth it. I think it's worth yeah. exploring that. 
sure clothes are i mean you're wearing clothes every day right most of the time exactly. so <laughs> if you want to be conscious of them you should be excited about them and if you don't want to be conscious of them you should be comfortable in them you know what yeah, i mean exactly definitely on on the lines of like sort of talking about ourselves this is a great last question from merrily what's something you've been doing solely for yourself lately yeah gosh solely for yourself is kind of hard because i mean i can think of some stuff but i just want to point out yeah. that this can be hard i feel like uh just like currently because even some of the stuff that I do for myself I still want to share with other people and the only way that I can do it is through like social media mm-hmm. <laughs> um or I want to share the joy that I'm getting from it for myself with oh, somebody yeah. else you know sure um, sure that makes sense but I think some of the things for me I did recently just start uh a bullet journal um because I Ooh, want nice. to be journaling more but I know that I'm very bad at traditional journaling and so I'm hoping that that um, will be a better a better process for me. And I guess like the for myself component, I'll just like keep to myself to like keep a piece of it uh, sacred or whatever. But um, but that's the thing I've been doing. Um, and I like it because you can kind of like the, the sort of spirit of bullet journaling, I think for a lot of people is you sort of reset on whatever your increment is. So maybe you reset seasonally or monthly or whatever. And you kind of like inherently will set goals as a result to that because it's like what do i want to be tracking or journaling or reflecting on this month or this season or this year Uh, so it's a really it's i i like it so far i mean i started for june so i'm not deeply into it or whatever but um, i like that i've been painting more i actually was really hoping uh, i went to an art store there's a new art store that opened in my city which is great because my city is very walkable so anytime there's something um, that kind of opens up that is sort of specific is nice because it means I don't have to go to like a uh, corporate, like a corporate store or, mm-hmm. you know, department store or something. And, and it, it's nice, but there's a, there's an art store that opened near to like the comic book shop that I go to. Uh, and I was really hoping to get, um, like some gallery quality, uh, canvases. Cause I think one thing this, I don't know if this sound, if this really, um, sounds like it answers the question but i think for me it feels like it answers the question i would really like to try my hand at making art that i then uh like sell or donate Mm -hmm. or something like i want to be able to make something and then let it go and i think i love that i know that's technically like uh you can see it as like for somebody else but i think Eh. the process of letting it go is the piece that would be for me right making it and then like not seeing it again and just like putting it out there and like that is finished and it is done you know? Yeah. That's very cool. Which could be giving it away to somebody. It could be selling it. It could be, but like, just like making it and it's gone. So those are two things. One of those I'm currently doing. One of them I am, I am on the precipice of doing. Oh, that's really beautiful. I love, I love the art, the art one. Cause that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I just have like a stack of canvases of things that I've painted and I like them, but I also, there, there's no end to the journey. Like I just live with them. They're just here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is something beautiful about making something and then letting it go. So, yeah, that's interesting. I it's this, it's not exactly the same, but I think there's similar lines in in terms of just like being willing to like let things go. For me, this mm-hmm. is a very materialistic answer, but very broadly, just like if I'm feeling something, then I get it. If I'm not feeling something, then I let it go. Um, is like the yeah. very broad answer to that in a way where I just like am not overthinking things. So like there's a lot of purchases that I've made of just like fun art and just like things that I like that I'm just like, this is a little pricey right now, but I can afford it. 
So why not get it? If it's like actually sparking joy, I'm going to get it. And if I'm not feeling the way that my art is, I'm like on the walls. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to be like, I have some time. I'm just going to rearrange it. If I don't like it tomorrow, then I'll change it back, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or I guess the most specific thing is like, I've had a, very big dining room table in my apartment. <laughs> it's a very nice, it's a very yeah. nice table. It's a very, very nice table. Um, however, it was always a thing where it was like, this will be a thing that I'll have. That will be perfect when I moved into a bigger place. Um, and which will eventually happen. I'm not going to be in this, this place forever, but um, a, it's a table that I bought with my ex. That was probably more his decision than mine. So it's not like it was ever like, even mm-hmm. though I paid for probably more than half of it, it's not like it was ever something that came that like spoke to me as an object anyway, um, even though it is a very nice table. Um, but it's also there's that. So there's that kind of like weird connection to it where it was never really for me anyway, really. Um, but also like I don't plan to move anytime soon. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm fine <laughs> here. So yeah. instead of just sort of like having that for a potential future that may or may not happen, who knows, or if it happens, who knows when it'll be. And just sort of having to like exist in that weird space where I have this giant ass dining room table, taking up most of my dining room that I have my like fake office set up around, like, because I don't have a, I don't have an, an, a second room that I can have an office in. So like, instead of having to just like work around that for a potential future, I'm not loving this table. I just gave it to one of my friends who has a house who <laughs> needed a dining room table. Yeah. I could have made some money off of it. I was really more interested in just getting the fuck out of here. I bought a couple of, I bought a nice desk and I bought a little tiny little like square table with a couple of nice comfortable chairs that gives me a lot more breathing room. I have a really great like office set up in my dining room right now. I'm it would be nice to be able to have a big dining room set up. That's really beautiful to have like dinner parties and stuff at, but guess what? Since COVID happened, I nev- I stopped inviting people over and I haven't <laughs> since and all my friends have bigger houses. Yeah. So why the fuck would I ever yeah. invite people over? I might as well make it a space for me specifically sure. that I'm going to work best in. And I spend a lot of my time either working from home or doing podcasting stuff on the computer. So why not utilize my space best for that? Because that's what's going to work out for best for me. Yeah. So it's probably not going to be like in the interior designers like handbook for what's going to look best for my, for my apartment. But like, it works best for me. And right. honestly, the way that I've done my art when I first moved in, I was very much sort of like, I want this to look like a really cool, nice place based on things that I've learned from watching HDTV and stuff. And I do think it looked legitimately good. I actually do think I have a pretty good eye, like for like a d- good design sense and the color scheme for like how to decorate a place in a way that could speak to me. But it also, just over over time, I'm just like this. Still, just doesn't feel authentic authentically me. I'm more maximalist than this. Naturally, I like having <laughs> a bunch of shit on the walls. It looks like hokey. There's people. It, there's people who would look at it and just be like, I think it's kind of ugly. But I'm the only one who lives here, and it feels and it speaks to me and feels like it's the way that I have it set up is a good representation of what I look like. Uh, or what I feel like. It looks like what I feel like. I guess. Yeah. And I'm just doing that for me again people don't fucking come over and that's fine. I don't need them to anymore because all my friends have beautiful houses that I can go to. So I'd rather go there (laughs) than be stuck in my little apartment. So this is just a space just for me exclusively um, that doesn't follow any fucking rules other than the rules that I want to set out for it. Um, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just been kind of embracing, embracing that kind of stuff. Live in my truth within my own personal space, I guess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like that a lot. I really like that a lot. <laughs> well, we've gotten to our final question for this AMA. Yeah. 
This is a nice, hefty, meaty one. I like it. Um, Okay, so this last question here is from Tommy uh, at Awkward Comma. uh, And he asks, what's an event each of you are looking forward to? I have a a couple. Um, Next weekend, I'm going to Philadelphia to see a live live recording of the Buffering the Vampire Slayer podcast. (laughs) Nice. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. It is one of my favorite podcasts, and it's like they're in their last season of the show. Like it's near the end, so it's like one of the last cha- chances to do it. I don't think they've ever been on the East Coast, so it was like one of my first chances to see them live, and also one of the last chances to see them live. So it was like I think I just have to do this. Um, yeah. and it's just like a great podcast, and it's like one of my one of the co-hosts is one of my favorite musicians, like separate from the podcast, and she does music for the podcast too. So I'll actually technically get to see her perform live on stage at the same time, um, which is really exciting. And I'm sure that they're going to have guests like cool guests and stuff like that too. So I'm really pumped for that. Um, that'll be my first time in Philly as well. So I'm excited to just see how that goes that weekend. Um, and then um, I have a cabin trip planned in July with some of my friends and then I'm going to Dragon Con again um, at the end Hell of August yeah, and beginning of September. So, yeah. Damn, that's yeah. awesome. This um, that's that's good and inspiring because I well, I'm gonna have to change my answer actually because I Uh-oh. was looking forward to something that I realized happened yesterday. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, okay, and I'll tell you why. It, it makes sense. I promise. Um, so I, I, the reason this question I think is, is an interesting one for me right now is I think I'm only just now, probably as a result of going back into a workplace, I'm only now, I think, comfortable with the idea of like going to an event at all. Sure. Um, No, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I I was always, I was always like feeling like I was breaking rules by going to anything. So like, I feel like you took, you you took the best possible route, honestly. I think I've been lucky by not having caught COVID, and it's sure. Well, and know, I, I, so I mean, I'm sure you were also very careful and, and diligent. I know it doesn't rely solely on you when and so many other people are around, but like you know, I think there was probably a, a, a an as careful and responsible way to go about it, and I'm sure you were doing all those things. But like, I just like. I think because I never had to be anywhere, I never like fully confronted it. And I think that was like a big, a a big part of my COVID journey or Mm -hmm. pandemic journey. I have not yet luckily knock on wood, um, gotten it. But, um, but I think not, I I think going back into a workplace, um, and a public one at that, because I work at a public library, like, I think I am surprised at how, ready I am to go into places because I remember feeling like I'm very excited to work at the library. Uh, I think folks know, know that about me Um, and have been celebrating that along with me, which I really appreciate. But like, I was also very nervous and I was like, I think my first day has a high potential of, um, of needing for me to like break at some point. Like I was fully prepared to have to be like, Hey, new boss, I need a moment. This is the first time I've been around this many people. Can I have like a moment? And it hasn't been like that. It's actually been like very comfortable. And I'm like surprised Mm -hmm. at how like comfortable and ready I am with it. So all of that to say, that's a big preface. um, But all that to say, I was ready to start looking at like events to go to, right? I started thinking about all the things that I've been reflecting on during isolation 
that I was like, I'm going to do this when I'm ready. And so I was looking at like concerts and I was looking at like big public events and stuff like that. And yeah. the one that I was really excited for was to be able to 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 go like to the Cleveland Pride uh, parade or whatever. Oh, and I was so excited happened. to look at when it was going to be because I was fully not expecting it to be the first weekend of June. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That's that so that's early. Soon. Although, you know, Rich, Richmond Pride, I think, happened this past weekend, too. I don't even, uh, I don't even fucking well, know it happened. <laughs> it's hard because cities have to coordinate with each other to yeah. a degree. I mean, I know that they're not literally calling each other, but like there's a weird dance to it, right? Especially... Mm-hmm. And and Cleveland, you know, I'm sure the Ohio cities probably all kind of have some coordination. But, like, when you're near enough to another city that somebody could drive, you kind of have to take that into consideration. So who knows? Maybe, like, Columbus's is next weekend and Cincinnati's is the weekend. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm sure Pittsburgh's was not this weekend because I can get to Pittsburgh very easily. But that was going to be my answer, and I just looked at it, and it was yesterday. Oh, and so I, funny. I feel fine because I couldn't have gone to it yesterday. I was working. But, like, yeah. that's, <laughs> that that's... was going to be my answer. So then I just looked <laughs> – I just looked at um, a drag show from an international drag queen who's in the States right now uh, that I was like, when they come to the States, if I'm able yesterday. to go and I feel comfortable, I'm going to go. It's not yesterday, but it's this week and I work that day. <laughs> so Good I Lord. can't go. <laughs> so, but You'll find something. I will yeah. find something. Um, and I think, I guess it's, it's not a specific answer, but I guess what I'm looking forward to is being comfortable going to those things now. Um, and so I'm going to be looking at, you know, the concert venues near me that I used to go to and, um, and looking at drag shows and stuff like that. All these things that I was like, I just wish I could go to these things. And I, I, I don't know that I would have made a great effort to do it ahead of time and was super taking them for granted. Um, but now I'm excited, uh, to like find those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You broke the seal. Oh, yes. I just thought of another thing. I didn't realize I was doing this fucking much this summer, but this is making me really happy because I haven't no, it's done great. this yeah, fucking tell much. Tell me more because I'm also me excited. <laughs> seeing. I'm also I'm going with Tommy. You asked this question, and Cassie as well. We're going to DC in I think it's in August um, oh, to yeah. see Comedy Bang Bang live. So it's going to be Scott Ackerman and Paula Tompkins is going to be there, and we all collectively love Comedy Bang yeah. Bang, and especially. PFT. He's probably my favorite comedian of all time. I guess is there. Um, I'm sure there's yeah. some sort of meet and greet element. Is there? Is that a thing that you all are um, doing? Or if you pay like way extra for VIP tickets, okay. and I think they're I think they were already even sold out by the time we started. So I don't know if that was ever okay. even an option because that yeah. stuff's so overpriced. And it's like with COVID, I think it's like not as fun as meet it and greets would aren't be. the same. Yeah, like I don't think you're really actually meeting and greeting them in the same way. I feel like it's like from a safe distance they yeah. say hello to you or something. You get an autograph. Would you like to take a picture with Paul F. Tompkins in the background? <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, I don't think it would be worth it anyway. Yeah, um, that's yeah, really but exciting. I'm just excited though. to see them live. I've listened to to Comedy Bang Bang for years and Paul, Paul F. Tompkins stuff. I think for even longer. So um, yeah, that's gonna be really fun. That's awesome. I'm excited for all of you because I know all of you are are excited for that. Yeah, that's going to be great. So, that's really cool. Yeah, I I, I got to look at like what podcasts are coming around cuz I like going to I like going to live recordings of I mean I've been to one. I don't know why I say recordings, but I liked mm-hmm. the one I went to. I thought it was really cool. Um and want to see what other what other stuff is is happening. And the drag yeah. shows. The drag oh, shows. That sounds so fun. Yeah. I want to do more. This will be the first live podcast recording that I went to. And I'm going to two of them this oh, summer, nice. which is fun. Hell I've yeah. never been to one before. There's another one. My other favorite podcast, Blank Shank, has started doing their live ones again. But it was the days that have come up like we're never on ones yeah. that would work. And they're in New York. So it would be like a bigger you know lift to get up there. But yeah. I, 
I that's one that's like on my radar that like I would love to see them live as well. So I'll probably try so, to go to one of those eventually. Yeah. The thing that's so hard about podcasts is that typically a podcast doesn't go on tour. They just have live events. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like my favorite podcast does live events, but it's a survivor podcast and they typically will do one or two over the course of a season, which is only 13 weeks long. And so they tend to go to New York, LA. Uh, I think they went to, I went, I saw them in Boston um, and that was a, a big hole to do for me to go to yeah. Boston to see a podcast recording for sure. Um, and like Austin and stuff, but they're never going to come to Cleveland. Maybe they'll go to Chicago, in which case it would be easy for me to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, <laughs> my, yeah. it's, it's tough. Cause it's not like you can just catch them on tour, you know, typically. Right. right. Usually. Yeah. It's usually a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's oh. awesome. I'm excited. I actually didn't realize I had so much going on this summer. This makes me really happy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's been a long time for stuff since... and be like on top of things and not miss them by a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I feel like I had like that's like something like a couple of things going on every month. That's really, that's yeah. really wild. I'm excited awesome. for you and your discovery. You've like broken the seal of going out and doing things now. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't, that I didn't need as much. There were, there were times during the pandemic where I would just go to like a park and I would be like very unsettled by how many people were around me, you know? So I'm just happy that like, that's not a thing that I needed to Mm -hmm. be concerned about anymore. I love it. I mean, I'm sure there's still some of it, but you know, sure. Yeah. I am excited to go to things and places. Yay. Yay. Safely. Still safely. Everybody. Yeah. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. So good question. Yeah going to motivate me to find the things that i can actually answer more tangibly yeah or not tangibly but specifically whatever you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean cool (laughs) well this is awesome that's we got a lot that was a lot of that might actually have been our longest ama ever this is fucking almost three hours this is ridiculous i did not expect it to be this long i didn't either Oh my God. But I, I guess if I knew it would be that long, I feel like maybe we should have <laughs> saved some of these questions, but too late now. We've got a three hour episode. We were feeling it. We were feeling yeah. it. We blasted onto the main feed uh with a with a massive uh AMA Jesus. bang here. Wowie Zowie. Cool. Uh yeah, yeah. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um yeah, definitely our longest episode in a while. Um if you want to listen to our old AMAs, we mentioned at the top of there on our Patreon. They are on our Patreon at patreon.com slash snappers, as well as any other bonus content if you join us for as low as $1. You can also check out our Discord. That's a great place you can ask us questions or talk about our AMA or talk about, talk about our answers to these questions and stuff like that. So check out our Discord. Our link to that is in the show notes. But otherwise, if you'd like to reach out to us individually online, where can we find you, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on another podcast here on the 4 Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. And since this episode we're recording right now will drop uh, probably the same week here, I can acknowledge the fact that it's been many months. Um, but <laughs> Victory Road hopefully will be picking back up in some capacity uh, with all the Scarlet and Violet hype. So check me out there. And also, if you like books and video games, uh, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming. Uh, which is a podcast that my friends Katie and Vicky and I do to catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately. What about you, Derek? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast gimmicks 
anywhere you get your podcasts. That is a podcast that looks at the high concept, structure breaking, experimental, gimmicky episodes of television with a new guest and new show every week. You can also find that on Twitter and Instagram at Gimmicks Pod. If you'd like to find more from Doug and I, you can check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Toy Story 4 is going to be out, I think, was that next week? Yeah, the, I think the week after this episode drops, that episode will drop. So um, I think currently, what's our most recent one? Incredibles 2, I believe. Incredibles uh, 2. Yeah, so that one's out. So yeah, so it's lots of really interesting sequels that we're talking about over there oh on boy. Falling with Style. Um, <laughs> and then we're moving on to a whole new era. So check yeah. that out anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also find the full archive of Falling with Style and Wallaby Web Snappers on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. And you can follow Walloping Web Snappers on all your social media platforms at Walloping Web Pod. You can also email us at Walloping Web Snappers Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to contact us on all those places if you have responses to this AMA or want to ask us some questions for a future one. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. And next week, we are going to return to the 2017 series. <gasps> With the episode Screwball Live. I'm actually very excited to get back into yeah. this season or this I series. Am too. So it's gonna we'll be see fun. You there. See ya. Mm-hmm.